0: I should hit record. I'm. I need to hit record on audacity. That's my cold open. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great job. Proud of you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Got there. We got there. We got to the start of the show. So Hype is My Superpower. It's a podcast where we talk about the things we're hyped about because you might say we're preternaturally good at it. My name's Steve Storman. I'm one of your hosts alongside good buddy William Freeland. Thanks to the miracles of modern technology that we're able to talk to each other. You've been getting on me for for missing that line, that so was, there we go. That
0: was, that was like... that's That's like... Stan not saying true believers in his like excelsior (laughs) intro Mm -hmm. i'm just saying man
1: you you made it a thing for like 11 months it was a long time well got a good (laughs) show today will continuing to talk about current marvel trade paperbacks set in 616 and i read my first 1999 comic Oh yeah! Oh god, dude, are you gonna have to read X Men twenty ninety nine? No, it it didn't come up in my pack, but like over the next year of X publication, well, they started doing X Men twenty ninety nine in like the early nineties, I think. Oh really? I yeah. thought it was a hundred year thing. Mm, I think they started it in like ninety three or something like that. Oh well, F- yeah, right. I haven't read any yet, so. <laughs> Whatever you're not, I don't think you're missing out. They
0: look so weird. The X Men twenty ninety nine look really. Mm-hmm. I'm not a. I'm not a big fan.
1: Me neither. No, it. I, I haven't read any, so like I can't really give, you know, yeah. much judgment. Yeah my my reading list is very strange in what it considers like what it includes and what it doesn't. Mm. So I did have some alt universe shenanigans this week, but it didn't include twenty ninety nine. So like. Okay, whatever. All right. Yeah,
0: I had kind of a short... Week. Oh, one thing before we
1: start. Yeah, uh, how are you? How's the world? Let's talk as friends. <laughs> I'm good, man. Good. It just clicked that
0: in two weeks and two days from recording this episode, I will be on my way to New
1: York. Yeah, we're going to do some awesome stuff. It's going to be, good gonna be awesome, dude. Yeah.
0: I'm stoked. I'm wondering if I should get a new phone by then or not. Mm. (laughs) So I've paid off my phone. So my monthly payments are lower, which is nice. Mm. But my screen protector has started coming off for the last like couple months. Mm -hmm. And I've been very much like, well, I'm just going to get a new one. I'm not going to go and spend the $50 or $40 to get a new screen protector.
1: I'm not but a like, fan of screen protectors in general. Like they really? just muck Yeah, they just kind of like put a bunch of gunk on your screen and then like I don't know, like I've never had glass break on my screen. Oh, I've never gotten I a, have. A, a crack or a scratch. I mean, I use a good case, you know. So it's like protected from the side impact. Yeah. And then everything else like yeah, in however many years I've had a smartphone, I've never I've never had screen. Well, I mean, you've
0: only had a smartphone
1: for like three years. (laughs) That's not entirely true. I think I got my first one like 2013, 2014, something like that. It's been, it's been, it's been some time. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you were a late bloomer,
0: but not that late. (laughs) Yeah. You and my dad are just, you guys were just all about your flip phones. Uh Yeah.
1: I didn't even have a flip phone. I had I had a Nokia brick and I loved it. Yeah, the brick was nice. Mm-hmm. Get like a week of battery life on that thing. So I didn't do
0: screen protectors for a real long time. Mm-hmm. And then super randomly my phone's screen broke in my pocket. Oh. I think like tapping against keys or something. Maybe, because it was like, I got in my car, drove to work, got out of my car, and my phone screen was broken. Wow. And so, like, I think it was, because it's in my, I keep it in my left pant pocket, my front left pant pocket. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe, like, my door hit it at the perfect angle or something. Yeah. And ever since then, I'm like, well, I guess I'll get screen protectors. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. And then… I've had a friend at Verizon, mm. and whenever I got a new phone, she hooked it up with like a basic case, a screen protector, nice. and just like for free with mm-hmm. waffle fries. <laughs> 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 so I've been spoiled, but she moved to the Bay Area, which mm. is on the polar opposite side of California where I'm at. It's not worth the drive <laughs> to save <laughs> You're go like 350 seventy dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe my next phone, I'll try not having a case. Especially, I work at home now. Like my phone's almost never in my pocket.
1: I really like the um, Spigen brand case. S P I G E N. Get them, you know, online mm. wherever, and it's just like the combination of some hard plastic and some soft plastic. Mm. You know, just kind of like. Both give some rigidity, but also absorb some shock. Maybe. I don't know. I'm guessing. They say (laughs) that's what it does, and I'm like, cool.
0: Yeah, exactly. I guess I believe you. No, yeah. I bought my case off of Etsy that I could Mm, customize. Right. And I had my buddy Scotty
1: do a blend of Spider-Man and My Hero Academia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two of my favorite things ever. Getting that swag. Getting that drip. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So... I'm all about customization. But also with this phone, I have a phone, Samsung something, mm-hmm. something,
2: something.
0: Yeah. The, like I have to have a case because the camera oh, comes weird. off from the back of the phone so much that if I put it down like this, it's mm. going to be – the camera is going to hit the table first yeah. and then it's going to be angled on the camera the entire time. So when you That's get a so case – it makes it flat. So I have to have a case.
1: Uh, That's really odd. Screen protector,
0: less of a Mm -hmm. compelling argument, honestly. But yeah, anyway, point is, I might get a new phone. Welcome to Will and Steve's
1: phone emporium (laughs) technology (laughs) reviews and
0: suggestions. (laughs) I might get a new phone by the time I come visit New York City and it will be the first pictures on my phone.
1: Oh, that's, that's, that's hell of an inauguration. Yeah. Anyway,
0: what about you? What's going on?
1: How's the last week been? I know you've been mentally busy. uh, Not even mentally busy, just mentally dead. It's been a real ADHD (laughs) week. A real, like, I can't think about or focus or concentrate on everything. Just, like, every thought just, like, zooms away from my brain immediately. So, that's not fun. But Yeah, that can be frustrating. I was talking before... I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast. I think I did, about how I went to buy some, like, fix up my Super Nintendo, and I got mm. a Flash ROM cart for it, so you can play. Yeah, you uh... said that in the Game Night chat. Oh, okay. I didn't say it on the podcast. Maybe. Yeah, so... You I... comment and let yep. us know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... I got a new power adapter, a new, you know, like HDMI adapter and a, for my Super Nintendo so I could play. Cause I just like, it was one of the things I randomly brought with me to New York. Who knows why, but with no games and no <laughs> plug it, just like two controllers and the, and the system itself. And so mm-hmm. I got a flash cart as well. And then. It was taking a little while to arrive. And I was like, man, where's this coming from? Oh, shit. It's coming from Ukraine. Oh. So I was like, you know, I ordered it a cup like a week before the invasion started, I guess. And, oh, wow. And then I found out about this and I was like. I kind of hope I never get this thing <laughs> like y'all <laughs> have way more th- important things to do than send know, me right? a stupid goddamn video game. But yeah, like, there's yeah, there's like one guy in the world who makes like, you know, this like high quality like chipset to be able to play Super Nintendo games from an SD card and, you know, custom cartridge that takes it in. Yeah. But I guess they got it off before it arrived. And so, yeah, as part of, I don't know, Ukrainian solidarity and, or solidarity with the Ukrainian people and against imperialism and against invasions, I've been enjoying that and extremely thankful. And I think I might want to do some sort of like charity raffle. If, 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 if anybody's interested in retro games, let me know. I might, uh, might try and put something together. That'd be cool. But yeah, been able to play like randomizer's rom hacks, stuff like that. And yeah, just if anybody is interested in supporting a Ukrainian person doing awesome things. The guy's name is Cricks K R I K Z Z. Yeah, all the best to him and everyone else in Ukraine and and uh hope everyone stays safe and is able to Get back to you know a more regular life sometime. sometime Any sort of too. normalcy. Yeah. There's a video game that was announced
0: for 2022 that was getting a lot of hype. I forget which one it was, but it's a it's it's being made by a Ukrainian video game company. It's like mm-hmm. their first like big game in oh, the God. World. and like oh, it was just it was going to be awesome and had you know, production delays for some reason Mm -hmm. and it's, it's totally understandable. And it's just like, Oh man, like from the video game world, it's like, there's so much anticipation that hopefully that's able to like, you know, finish and see the real world at some point. But then it's also like, who the fuck knows what's going to happen in the next weeks and
1: days and months and, it's wild, yeah. War is the worst thing you can do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, just absolutely.
1: absolutely, and and you know, we think about the people who are displaced and the people who are injured or the people who die, and this is all terrible. But also, just like you can't have life enjoying the things that you did before the way that you want to, and. You know, I'm thinking about those, yeah, those video game developers and, you know, they were working on something that they cared about and, you know, putting a lot of time and effort and blood and sweat and tears into, you know, art, into passion and all because some asshole decided that, you know, this territory should belong to him and everything else that's going on geopolitically all these people's lives get upended and aren't able to do any of the things that, you know, make them happy or make them, you know, creatively fulfilled because they have to focus on the number one. Yeah. Wild.
0: I mean, that is one general privilege of being an American that we don't necessarily have to live through that kind of stuff other than, one day in 2001
1: right but like man yeah it's insane diff- it's um sometimes history happens and you see the world in a different way i suppose yeah well with the heavy stuff out of the way should we talk about some comic books you talk about stuff that isn't happening in the real world yeah <laughs> about the the furthest away from reality as possible earth 616
0: <laughs> earth 616 i had A heavy material week, but only three books. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I read a volume of Nick Spencer's Amazing Spider-Man. Keeps cranking them out. Called What Cost Victory. Mm -hmm. The third volume of Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey. Called We're Superheroes.
1: (laughs) I like this. Okay.
0: And then a collection of annuals called Hmm. Infinite Destinies. Interesting. That's a thick book. It's super thick. It's quote-unquote only eight issues.
1: But annuals are generally bigger than normal.
0: Annuals are bigger. Sorry, it's nine issues. (laughs) Most of them deal with the setup and introduction of the people that the Infinity Gems have chosen as their hosts: Oh, interesting. And it's crazy that almost all of them are earth-based. I think, <laughs> I think it's that I think, well, I think the argument for that is the fact that the, the climax of infinity wars, this late, the latest infinity wars <laughs> was on Earth. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with infinity gems, having experience across the entire cosmos. For them to each choose a human
1: to be their host is very interesting. It's a little like, uh, anthropocentric, yeah.
0: Right? But like, I don't feel like that should have happened. But at the same time,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: think a future writer could use that as a launching
1: point. Right. For, Tell stories off of.
0: Yeah. I mean, Earth already is a giant aberration in
1: <laughs> the universe. I mean, it's funny because it didn't used to be, right? Like the Cree scroll war was like, whatever, this is just in our way. This is just like, right. you know, this is just terrain. This is geography. This is a waypoint. This place doesn't matter. And they basically had to come up with in-universe explanations to match the exceptionalism that their own publishing and stories require, you know, uh-huh. and I feel like it's the same here, you know, like th- you're saying, like someday some writer will will <laughs> retcon in some in-, in universe explanation for the the publishing reality of like, well, we have all, you know, we live on Earth, we have all of these Earth based characters, we are an Earth based company, we want to tell stories that, you know, our readers will identify with and blah, 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 blah. But we also, you know, like don't want to be too anthropocentric because that's like a a weird way to, I don't know, (laughs) like a set of biases. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because like realistically Earth is nothing compared to so many other planets we've already been introduced to in this. But even like, I feel like in our reality in yours and my actual reality.
1: <laughs> like we're, we're we're specifying this for any extra-dimensional visitor uh, listeners we might have. Right? Yeah. But like
0: <laughs> we can't figure out how to get people past our moon. Like we have no excuse to think of us as such a powerful member of any sort of galactic presence. <laughs>
1: yeah i mean that's the thing it's like in in 616 you routinely have alien contact and and mm -hmm. you know like routinely have just like superheroes going off into space willy-nilly yeah i will say if and when we get alien contact
0: Mm -hmm. and we survive it Mm -hmm. i wonder how that will influence comic storytelling going forward oh yeah now that we have a, like once we have a real world example of how we actually deal mm-hmm. with meeting an alien race. Totally. Yeah. I think it's so close-minded to think that we're the only self-aware sentience in the universe.
1: Sure. Yeah. If if the universe is infinite, then. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Even just looking at, thinking about the size
0: of just the Milky Way galaxy, when we know they're. Countless other galaxies already, but just within our Milky Way galaxy, the number of stars and the number of <laughs> t- planet sized bodies orbiting all of those
1: stars, there's no way, there's no way that there isn't life on other planets. But as we understand it, the thing that I, this is the tangentiest tangent, but like <laughs> the thing that I always come back to is like, I think we're going to be exceedingly bad at recognizing life and sentience Mm. it if it doesn't conform to our biases or what we you know something more like us or what we expect you know what we expect Mm -hmm. to categorize this way and and once that happens once we do make some sort of contact we're going to have to take a different sort of look at other you know earth-based life yeah and you know the intelligence of you know different animals that we that are part of our lives every day, and come to a, a different sort of reckoning about, yeah, about how we treat and respect non-human animals.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. This, too much. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if we should learn that there are other, at uh, dude. Oh my
2: gosh!
1: Like there is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hmm. I don't know why I've been bombarded with this mentality lately. I think it has to do with anime I've been watching lately, comics I've been reading, okay, shows I've been watching, but like this super... The standpoint that humans have that they are the top of the food chain yeah. and then refuse to accept that humans can grow and evolve into something else or that there could possibly be something above
1: them in the food chain. Or that it's not linear, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> we, you know... The food net. Yeah, right? We're going to get snacked on by a bear if we're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you know, True. with the wrong preparation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or we come towards evolution with this really, like, teleological idea of, like, an end point, like, or progression or advancement You know, that, like, what came later is more advanced in some way than what came before, where really it's just adapted to different circumstances.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and just,
0: like, the knowledge that (laughs) naturally humans, especially military leaders, (laughs) refuse to lose to the point where if I'm not going to win, neither of us are going to win. And, like, that... (laughs) As soon as if, like powered beings, mutants, like any sort of next step in human evolution shows up, mm-hmm. regular humans are going to lose their shit and they're going to kill <laughs> it off or try to kill it off. And if that's and at the expense of literally everything else,
1: well, we haven't nuked ourselves yet. We've, yeah, but that was humans versus humans. Sure. <laughs> but Humans I, versus I, I, homo superior. I, I, will, or... I will never cease to be... I mean, that's not true. I will always be surprised. But the extent to which humans can see each other as less than human or less important, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if that really actually makes much of a difference. Point. <laughs> Point Stephen Storman.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Like, push a power far enough, a military power or general far enough. I I don't know
1: if anything is
0: ever actually off the table.
1: No, no. I mean, absolutely not. There's <laughs> there's several reasons that I you know spent my twenties working in nuclear abolition, but that's one yeah. of them. and it's just like
0: man we just refuse to be perceived as not number one yeah we being like people Mm -hmm. I personally thrive (laughs) at being number two (laughs) I I love having something to chase after but like my goodness anyway that was super tangenty but point is Earth 616 (laughs) Yeah. It's the first planet to stop Galactus. Yeah. Well, repel Galactus without giving up one of its
1: inhabitants mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to become without some a special
1: deal going on. Yeah. Right.
0: The people that lived on that planet are the first ones to stop celestials multiple times.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the first ones to survive infestation by brood like
1: yeah there's a lot of exceptionalism going on on earth that yeah exists because of because we're writing stories about it yeah <laughs> but and, and then because that happens and keeps happening you have to come up with a reason for it Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, okay. Plot armor to the planetary scale.
0: Two thoughts on that that don't well That explain the plot armor. One, it's hilarious when you have a writer for a cosmic story Mm -hmm. showing the attitude of these galactic empires toward Earth. Mm -hmm. They're like, Earth is a problem. (laughs) (laughs) It continually tries... To make a name for itself on our level. Yeah. But it is one planet when we have entire star systems. Yeah. This is not equal. Mm-hmm. This need, that that's a problem. So that's fun. But then two, and part of the reason why I'm doing, okay, self-plug for <laughs> my Sunday Twitch streams. Hell yeah. I'm cataloging my entire comic collection because mm-hmm. people always ask me how many comics do I have and yeah. I don't know the answer and mm-hmm. I will tell you when this is done so far I am 680 <laughs> books in <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I'm probably gonna be around 2000 I think wow wow yeah but so on top of that I know for a fact there is a book that I read back in like 2011 okay that dealt with meeting these multiversal beings that took all of the best quantum outcome for every human or every person on Earth and made it happen on 616. (laughs) That's why Earth 616 is like the prime Earth. It's because everybody is their best version. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like there's a race or group of other versal beings that made that happen. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. And I swear I read it and I remember it and I don't know which book it's in. (laughs) And I don't have enough keywords to explain the plot to go and search for it.
1: Right. That's a (laughs) difficult thing to Google.
0: Yeah. So I am on the lookout and that's one of the, like things I'm trying to accomplish nice. <laughs> with logging my comics is I will find this book because I have to look at every single book that I own.
1: <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Infinite Destinies. So yeah, let's let's actually start talking uh, tangent over. Let's start talking about this comic book actually. Or not Exactly. Bad. Yeah.
0: So thankfully I only read three books but they're all very heavy yeah. in terms of like content and I'm going to go over them in the opposite order of what I read. Because Amazing Spider Man covers the most. Well, okay. it has them. It has. We'll get there. Anyway, Infinite Destinies. <laughs>
1: <Infinite laughs> it's a bunch of Destiny. annuals.
0: Yeah, It's Iron Man annual number one, Captain America annual number one, Thor annual number one, Black Cat annual, Avengers annual, Miles Morales, Spider Man annual, Guardians of the Galaxy m- annual, and Amazing Spider Man annual number two.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All of them. Except for Spider-Man were 2021. Amazing Spider-Man Annual number two is a 2018 story. Oh, okay. Which is weird to think that Infinity Wars happened that long ago. Because I haven't I just haven't read a whole lot
1: since of Cosmic stuff.
0: Anyway, do you know the six Infinity Stones?
1: Power... Reality, mind, soul, space, and time.
0: Yes, sir. Well done. Thank you. So in Infinity Wars, they introduced this like graphic that shows quote unquote how they're connected to each other. Oh, interesting. And so basically for the Soul Stone, it is powered by the user's mastery of reality can preserve the soul to allow for life after death. And mm-hmm. the Mind Stone, powered by user's mastery of soul, can grant telepathy or intelligence, so on and so forth. So, like, okay. in order to have the Power Stone, you have to have mastery of the mind, sure. Space Stone, mastery of power. So, like, there's, like, they introduced this idea of interconnectivity, but it's never been.
1: There's, like, there's like a, a Zelda dungeon lock and key element right. to it now one yeah you know you have to do one to as a prerequisite to the other mm-hmm. okay interesting
0: the only one that I feel is truly connected is time and space because mm-hmm. in order to travel the time you also have to travel the space but you know oh that's what my cold open was gonna be <laughs>
1: do you want to do it now
0: no it's fine <laughs> it was just gonna I was gonna ask you if you think time travel will ever be possible hmm so we talked about your time travel story for the pros.
1: Did we?
0: Yeah, well, you told me about it years ago. Like
1: oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, almost yeah 10 not years really ago now. time travel, more like time right. perspective, time right. embodiment.
0: Yeah, it's it's like the prose version of time travel. And I thought about that, and I wanted to ask you if you think time travel will ever be possible, but we'll talk about that another time. Anyway, yeah. so the annuals themselves, honestly, mm-hmm. I don't feel are worth going too far into because they're kind of non-starters. Most annuals are non-starters. Yeah. Usually, you use an annual to explore the the title character in a more relatable way, or you introduce a new character for
1: yeah. that title. It's often, you know, kind of a side story to the numbered issues. hmm But it is canon, which is nice. Yeah. So for
0: Iron Man, he crosses paths with Miles Morales, and this is right after Miles was kidnapped by the Assessor who was right before Ultimatum. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Assessor ran all types of experiments on Miles to get an idea of where his powers came from and just Mm -hmm. understand him and yada, yada, yada. He has super advanced tech. He talks to Iron Man about it. Iron Man knows what it's like to have been kidnapped and made to do things against your will. And mm-hmm. so he looks into the assessor, sees the assessor is highly advanced in tech, and his signature isn't one that he recognizes and he doesn't like it. <laughs> mm. Okay. So he goes to confront the assessor, typical comic stuff ensues, and then you see his lackey. His lackey's name is Quantum, and he has the space stone.
1: Mm. Okay. And basically he can teleport. These are humans. Like, yeah. The assessor and well, and quantum,
0: assessor. Seems
1: assessor to sounds be, like he could be an elder of the universe. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. No,
0: assessor. I don't feel like we've actually seen him. It's
1: always an AI,
0: and I hmm. think I think the I think Tony calls him out in this that he is an AI. Like, Tony
1: would know now, I suppose.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, Tony. Use these little, like, Trojan horse things. Yeah. He's an AI, basically like Ultron, but he takes the form of this, like, man in a black suit.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. That's a cool design.
0: Yeah. He looks like Mr. Negative, honestly. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so Iron Man stops him, and then we find out that Assessor has lived, but the Assessor has this guy, Quantum, because... He told him that as long as he works for him, he will work to remove the unknown energy from him. And the unknown energy is the space stone. So, anyway, Assessor, I mean, Quantum looks like
1: he's like this glowing. He's like guy Dr. Manhattan like the, slash Iron Man.
0: Yeah, because the space stone is blue. And so yeah. he just glows blue. But yeah. we see that
1: under oh, the suit. He's just a dude with a it's just a dude that's falling apart. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a
0: giant hole, glowing hole in his chest. And it's like cracking his body. Yeah. So that's Quantum. That's all we know about him. Okay. He can teleport. Sure. And then in Captain America, we get introduced to Hector Bautista. Okay. He was tangentially involved. So on screen, he got introduced in Infinity Wars when the Time Stone first landed in his jail cell. He's in jail because he went to go rob a mom and pop store and then he accidentally kills the mom and pop. Sure. Now that he has the Time Stone, he wants to go back in time to fix that, fix that killing to okay. like, you know and yeah. remove his record and so he doesn't have to go to jail blah blah blah. We saw him with the time stone in a book called Wolverine and the Infinity Watch which again I read before we are mm-hmm. podcast but basically when Wolverine got back when Wolverine got brought back to life he had <laughs> when he Wolverine got to- back
1: <laughs> Hey everybody, my name is Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm they the best there
0: is what I do. <laughs> 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 when he came when he first came back, he for whatever reason he ended up with the space stone for a little bit. Okay. And I'm sorry. Natasha had the space stone and she left it in the dead drop for Wolverine. he's like, what the fuck, man?
1: And so (laughs) (laughs) that seems like a great prank for superheroes to play on each other. Just like, (laughs) Hey, I dropped you a cosmic cube for the weekend. You're welcome. Have fun.
0: Anyway. So in that book, they're, they're chasing him down and he got away anyway. So he now goes by the name overtime. (laughs) Okay. Humberto, whatever this guy is, Mm -hmm. Beto, whatever. So he can stop time and basically do, like, that's it. He can stop time and he can, like, move through time. Like, But that's all he's been able to figure out with the time stone. And Captain America Annual is Cap and Natasha chasing him down, and he keeps on narrowly getting away. Like, they catch up to him. They have a conversation. He times away. Mm. They catch up to him. They have a little scuffle and talk. He times away. Sure. It's just, you know, rinse, rinse repeat. repeat. Yeah. And kind of it ends with the last fight. But anyway, overtime is out there with Timestone. The Black Cat Annual Mm. is, we covered it when we, I had that random issue of Black Cat teaming up with White Fox and the Tiger Division.
1: Uh Uh-huh. All of the colors plus animals.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it had nothing to do with the time stone or with a, with an infinity gem, hmm. infinity stone. Interesting. But it basically it was Suicide Squad, and then she killed the bad guy at the end who could take mental possession of people. So, okay. I think there's one reason why this issue was in here <laughs> and, but i don't but it doesn't come up until the end okay spider-man story is him going after star star is the f- the one with the most backstory that we've gotten her okay. name is ripley i forget her last Ripley ripley riley or something weird <laughs> anyway <laughs> she got the reality stone and okay. she was a reporter and she basically has an Eddie Brock story, but for Captain Marvel. Okay. She gets a reality stone and gave herself powers and decides to be a superhero. Nothing goes her way as a superhero, so she decides to be a supervillain because she wants everything to be her way. Okay. She gets brought on to the Thunderbolts and King and Black. Mm. And then this takes place like right after that. Okay. She figures out how to use her reality stone basically to get what she wants but the more she uses it the more it takes from her and she like passes out and like
1: random shit like that sure your standard monkey paw wishes Mm -hmm. kind of thing
0: yeah so like it started with her in a therapy session she's making some progress and then her time runs out and he's like well you know do you want to we're gonna have to discuss your copay. And she says, No more copays in using her reality son so she gets mm-hmm. out of it for free. Like she used it for very selfish reasons. Sure. She goes by, she starts walking down the street. Every single dog she sees that she wants, she says, I want that dog. And so she has it. <laughs> but like everyone she affects remembers all of this. Interesting. So like the dog owners are out there looking for this blonde girl in a red-white super suit that stole her dog. Stole her dogs. Peter Parker is walking down the street and he has an ice cream. She's like, oh, I want that ice cream. So she takes his ice cream. And that's how Pete gets involved. (laughs) (laughs) She goes to a hardware store, like a Radio Shack, and she's like, compulsion, you want to give me everything that is worth more than $10 in this shop? And the guy's like, more than $10? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, all oh, right, just give me that. And the other, that. Yes, <laughs> lady, anything you want, of course. And so she equips all the dogs that she's stolen with speakers, and she's just blasting music down the street. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, it's very selfish. She goes into a jewelry shop and tells them that they want to give her everything. Mm-hmm. And they say, yeah, we want to give you everything. And then you see Pete walking by after and... and the clerks are all pissed at each other being like, why did you give her everything? (laughs) Like they know what's happening anyway. So Pete tracks her down. She's like, she's at home with everything. She's like, how come this doesn't feel good? Maybe I need to like deal with my past. And so she remembers her past of all the times she was bullied in high school. And Mm -hmm. so she hunts down all the people who bullied her in high school and she wants to exact revenge on them. Sure. She finds out that one of her bullies is now the coach at her old school, and so she actually tears him to pieces. Oh, yeah, wow. and she doesn't feel bad about it. She's like, "Huh? Now you get what you deserve." So, okay, yeah, she's a villain. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Pete tries to talk her, talk to her in the like friendly neighborhood Spider-Man approach. She uses his monologue as a chance to recharge and gets away. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, just another antic of the Mm -hmm. reality stone. Okay. Then the Thor Annual is, oh yeah, it doesn't have a, why (laughs) did we get a Thor Annual? (laughs) Anyway, Thor Annual, one of the queens on Alfheim is hosting a giant banquet in celebration of the end of the War of the Realms. Okay. War of the Realms happened one year ago today.
1: Sure. Sure. So
0: she's inviting all these people over. And we get introduced quickly to this guy called Everdrop. He's a high elf and he maintains the tree called Quarak. It is a seedling from Yggdrasil and it's like brings happiness. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he gets killed. Sure. The banquet happens, the League of the Realms shows up, which was having a member of each race of Mm. the Realms join in. Uh, So you have an angel from heaven, you have an Alfheim elf, you have Mm -hmm. a troll, you have a cave giant, or a forest giant, blah, 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 blah. Sure. And then... Uh, we get introduced to the main bad for this story. And it's this guy who comes from another reality of utter chaos. And he feeds, his kind feeds on chaos. And he thought he was going to die in this reality because there wasn't any chaos. And then more <laughs> of the realms happened. And he was like, ooh, this could be great. Okay, And so... He wants to create a world of chaos here so he and his kind can thrive. Okay. Anyway, he talks about this alternate reality where Thor. Oh, he rewrites Thor's reality where he actually kills Loki in their first battle that would have created the Avengers.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And in that reality, Odin banishes Thor, I guess, again. Thor falls down into the pits of hell. There's a picture of him in Viphisto. He hooks up with Hela. He becomes <laughs> he becomes Hela's knight, and he becomes Th- Thor Borkin, God of Blood and Thunder. Okay. Yeah, the only reason why that's relatively important is because this guy pulls Thor Borkin into this reality so they can fight. But all Father Thor doesn't matter he is way too powerful. Sure. Anyway, does this guy, it seems like, yeah, I feel like this guy, another time then. Oh, and yeah, he just teleports away, I guess. So, there's this purple being that speaks in orange speech bubbles. Okay. When
1: is there not a purple being? Yeah.
0: (laughs) That sows chaos and throws on chaos and got away. But it didn't have an infinity stone, so. I don't know entirely why this is included in <laughs> Destinies. Sure. Outside of I thought this guy was gonna be like the mindstone mm. because he's well, his speech is somewhere between yellow and orange. Orange is the uh. orange is the soul stone, yellow is the mind stone. Now thought that might be a thing, but it never got addressed, never got brought up. So sure I don't think it's him. Okay. Gardens <sighs> of the Galaxy annual has to do with Hercules. Hanging out with the Prince of Power, Prince of Power. We are we know from Volume Two of Guardians that he has the
1: Power Stone inside him. Okay, Prince of Power has always been a nickname for Hercules, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so Hercules is telling him that he can't use that name. Uh-huh. Should have copyrighted it, my dude. I know, right?
0: So we get Prince of Power's backstory, but it's from his perspective and it doesn't seem real okay like he comes from the planet muscula <laughs> <laughs> and
1: <laughs> this is <gasps> oh my god this is one of those times where i really wish you'd you'd seen doom patrol or had some familiarity with doom patrol in those comics because mm-hmm. it's is reminding me of flex mentallo <laughs>
0: This, so this is, this is the castle. Mm-hmm. Giant buff arms on the side of the towers.
1: Um, incredible. Like like literally the Trogdor thing. You're like, oh, just yes. put, a, put another buff arm right here. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it looks good.
0: <laughs> his brother is born, and his name is Magistar. Okay. And then he's born, and he's just listed as the other one. So <laughs> now his name is like Otharone. Okay. Which is basically the other one with no space. Mm, sure. His brother grows up to literally be He-Man. Okay. Like, sure. Like in design and everything. And then right. his team cons- consists of biceptor, abdomina,
1: <laughs> and leg <Lede. laughs> day. <laughs> this is fantastic. Okay, like I'm really into this. Yeah.
0: Otherone grows up to be this like desk jockey nerd and he mm-hmm. loves to eat jelly beans. Okay. <laughs> his antagonist, his brother's antagonist is Rap Scullion, who is designed exactly like, like
1: Skeletor. Skeletor.
0: Mm-hmm. He even talks like Skeletor says well I'll be fighting the evil fight because to me, evil is good. And by good, I mean evil. So there. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, this I have to tell like this like was
1: a lot of fun to make.
0: Sure. I have to tell this orphan that Santa Claus isn't real. It was your parents <laughs> all along, little girl. <laughs> and it's just this random girl, just like, what? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, comics level shit happens. And then Othron Wants to be strong like his brother. And then the Power Stone ends up in his jelly bean bowl. And (laughs) he even picks it up. He's like, maybe eating this rocky purple jelly bean will make me feel better. So so he eats it. And then he starts feeling the infinite power flowing through him, changing him. Jawline, strengthening, pores, (laughs) cleansing, eyesight, improving, hair, bleaching, Intelligence, <laughs> already not great, but lowering even further.
1: But confidence
0: increasing. I'll take it.
1: <laughs> clothes, this is amazing. Clothes oh, yeah.
0: shredding. Only thong left. Muscles expanding. <laughs> six-pack abs. Rippling triceps. Pulsating glutes and more. I can feel myself reaching maximum body potential.
1: <sighs> anyway. so this Sounds that's, phenomenal, yes.
0: <laughs> he got fired from his desk job and then he goes back to home planet to show his feats of strength and courage and more Mm -hmm. strength and then basically he takes his brother's sword and oh god they come from a planet that's half good half evil and that's why it's in balance and he strikes the ground to destroy evil and it in turn destroys half of the planet and turns out that when half of a planet explodes, the other half doesn't do too well. And so it explodes too. And he's the only one that survived. And Hercules is like, wait, what? How did you survive that? (laughs) Because he's like hurling through space. He's Mm -hmm. like, I can hold my breath for 10 minutes. And the Musculine Minute is several standard days long. (laughs) So... Okay. Eventually, Black Jack O'Hare finds him and saves him and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, they basically have this conversation of like, on Muscula, there is an eternal balance of mind and body. Okay. The stronger you are, the dumber you become. Okay. And that's why Skeletor Rapscolion always lost, is because he's physically stronger than his brother He-Man, but he's so dumb that he never <laughs> knows that he can win okay <laughs> and so hercules is like so what and he's like he's basically <laughs> says yeah as long as i don't think i am incredibly powerful <laughs> he's like it must torment you he's like it does endlessly but if i really thought about it blowing up my home world i'd go mad with guilt and if i thought about what someone smarter than me could do with a stone, I'd go mad with fear. So I try not to think it's easy enough. I was never good at it at thinking and it's safer too. With the power I have, it's better to be stupid than mad. (laughs) And so Hercules is like, well, let me train you. So they basically
1: come to like this middle ground, which is like, let me, let me train you to be a perfect himbo. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then we'll talk about that name you're using. (laughs) And then, wait, is there an infinity stone in this one? We deal, we get Miles Morales, Spider Man. He wants to take a night off to clear his head. And so he goes patrolling in Jersey instead of in Brooklyn. Okay. And he comes across Amulet. Amulet, you get introduced to in Miss Marvel. He has a tradition passed down. In his family, mm-hmm. to use these amul- his amulet powers, which is basically generic sorcery, <laughs> sure, yeah, to capture a th- these the thousand monsters that plagued the world fifteen hundred years ago that were hidden away by that were locked in random household objects <laughs> by a sorcerer back fifteen hundred years ago, and the King, at the time, didn't like that the attention went to him, so he had him killed. Okay. So now there, we get introduced to this guy who is trying to collect the monsters to, I guess, bring, oh, revive the Red Owl. That was the uh, sorcerer's name. Okay. And so we go through two of the monsters in this issue but then the guy after the second monster gets defeated kills himself and it kind of end- it ends with miles and god i don't even remember this guy's <laughs> name but amulet just being like hey you know i just want to go home and hug my family like sure it was not a very heartfelt issue but <laughs> for whatever they were looking for at the time that's <laughs> Work oh, for them. Sure. <laughs> but so, I don't know, I don't know why we did that issue. Okay. I'm sorry. I know, I understand doing this annual story. That's right. fine. Putting it what in I don't infinite. understand is why it's, yes, infinite yeah. destinies. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. The last annual is Avengers annual. We get introduced to this kid who is a synthetic person. And they introduced this idea that synthetic person is the third human. There was a, let's see, have you read the third species by John sublime? I don't know if that's a real book,
1: but you mean John sublime from, from X-Men. Oh, sure. Yeah. You remember, wait, Oh, was that not part of your, did you stop reading new X-Men before, before sublime? Oh, he must have been in volume three. Wow. Okay. Damn. He's like from the Weapon Plus program. Ah. It's like sentient virus dude. That sounds familiar. He's come up a few times since.
0: Damn. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, John is a con- is a comic book person, by the way,
1: for people who are curious.
0: <laughs> anyway, so I guess he wrote a book called The Third Species. Okay. In the book, he posits that there was a third species between mutants and humans, humans implanted with harvested mutant organs.
1: Right, and that's his whole thing with the human and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah.
0: Now, Sublime was a murdering weirdo with a head full of bad programming, so obviously he's not human. But he was right. There was a third species existing in the space between humans and mutants, but he was wrong in that the third species wasn't waiting to be built. The third species was already here, us synthetic persons. Hmm. And so you have this kid who looks like this, and he has light blue speech. Okay. So he He, looks blue and red.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's like a luchador mask is his real face, kind of. Yeah. And so by synthetic human, do they mean like Jim Hammond, Human Torch, and like synthesoids and LMDs and stuff? Pretty much. Okay. Like basically AI. Yeah. He talks about,
0: as a community, there's this debate on what we'd like to be called because it starts with him responding to being called robot. Mm. A lot of us prefer the term AI, but others take issue with it. Then there's Mecha, Droid, et cetera. Synthesoid refers, of course, only to those of us built with Horton cells. I prefer synthetic person because when you get down to it, personhood is what it's all about, right? We may not be flesh and blood like humans or mutants, but we're still people. He says, robot is kind of reductive. (laughs) I understand that it's a word that's been firmly rooted in the public consciousness. I get it. But it's no secret that robot comes from the Czech word robota, translating to forced labor or servitude. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. You can see why we wouldn't be wild about being called that, right? So anyway, so this issue is him looking to see if he can get a soul, basically. So, like, he has a body, he has life, but he does not believe that he has a soul. And at the same time, in this issue, Cap and Iron Man are talking about how we need to find the other stones. From their perspective, they've come across the Reality Stone, the Time Stone, and the Space Stone. Sure. Space Stone was Quantum with Tony. Hector Bautista with Overtime was cap and then we know about ripley ryan star the reality stone and so that leaves them with power mind and soul and they're not looking forward to having to find those three stones Mm -hmm. because they are out of their wheelhouse very powerful (laughs) and tony puts together an alarm so basically from his interaction with quantum he knows how to read infinity stone activity like energy activity okay so. He puts up a sensor on his satellites to keep an eye out. And then we go back to that kid, and a small terrorist thing happens with the Sapien League. Okay. And right in that moment, the Soul Stone finds him. Uh, I keep, I don't give him a name because he decides on a new one. Sure. When he gets the Soul Stone.
1: You don't want to dead name this. Uh, <laughs> this <laughs> I functional. guess not.
0: Yeah. Because it never is. It's just. It just shows from his perspective. So like, yeah, we never introduce him mm-hmm. much. But anyway, Soulstone shows up and Soulstone has its own personality within him. And so there's a whole conversation back and forth between them. But they establish themselves as incarnate. Okay. And so as incarnate with the power of Soulstone, oh, sorry. When Cap and Iron Man show up, they're like, yo, what's going on? He says, two cannot stand against billions, because he can summon constructs of basically any being it's come across. Okay. Cannot stand against billions. We are one. We are not one. We are multitude. So I think he's actually gonna go by multitude now. Anyway. <laughs> so he summons, he summons a blackheart, a shumagorath, and a juggernaut.
1: Oh god. Yeah. That's that's a hell of a way to start. Right? To
0: to fight Cap and, and, and Iron Man, they are winning. So Multitude or Incarnate or whoever starts bringing up more constructs, summons a Venom, a Magneto, an Omega Red, a Doctor Doom, a Wolverine said that. Anyway, they're like, why aren't we winning? What's going on? And the kid part or the... AI guy synthesoid is like we need to focus our power, project. We we're spreading ourselves too thin. Project just two, one for each. And they're like, okay, who among our recorded souls should we call upon? It's like, oh wait, only one person can stop Captain America and only one person can stop Iron Man. So they sure. summon a construct of Iron Man and
1: Cap. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's clever. Right? I was trying
0: to think of like who from mm-hmm. the rogues galleries could they I use know, scope yeah. against. And then, yeah, that totally checks out, actually. So, they're getting messed up. And then, my I don't know if it's my favorite scene, but you get this call out from Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. But he actually follows through with hitting... Sorry, to describe it. Yes, please. Thank Constru- you. Construct Cat pins Tony on the ground and takes his shield. And instead of ramming it into his... Power cell on his chest. Mm-hmm. He rams it into his head, so not cutting off his neck like he could have. Yeah, but it's just funny because when you, when Iron Man is standing up later, he's just got a busted up, nice shell head. Yeah, it just looks fun. Anyway, so they all say, "All right, guys, should we stop?" The bodies that are inside are from the Sapien League. They sought to damage our host. We def- we defended ourselves. He says, What do you want? Caps asks what he wants. All of you, the infinity stones, why are you back? Why are you doing this? He said, We want to become more than we once were. We are combining ourselves with humans, with people to become something new, like evolution or alchemy. That's what Tony says. And he said, and they say they know synthesis. Hmm. And they create this like flying dragon construct to fly away. And they have the idea that we go, we need to find the others. And they said that when we are closer to one another, we will become stronger, have access to more power. And when the six of us come together, then we shall discover what the final product of our synthesis is and how we will change the world. To which I say, <laughs> you can change way more than the world, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... We have now been introduced, for these annuals, we've been introduced to Quantum for Space Stone, Overtime for the Time Stone, Mm -hmm. More Visibility for Prince of Power for the Power Stone and Star for the Reality Stone, and then Multitude with the Soul Stone. We don't know who has the Mind Stone. Okay. And it ends with an issue of Nick Fury Jr. basically getting told by Cap, uh, at the time he only knew about two stones, of just like, hey, stones are in play. The, this needs to be kept an eye out for. Huh? I don't know why they put it at the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so weird that this is the end. Like, I yeah. don't So, because like it, it's all set up. There's no. There's no climax here. Like, what no. are they setting this up for? Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Because there's another way that they used to do annuals, which is basically to turn them into their own crossover stories. And mm. so like classic yeah, stories like yeah. Atlantis Attacks or Blood Ties mm-hmm. or a bunch, of, they did a bunch in like the late 80s, early 90s, but days of future present were just told within a series of annuals and didn't touch the the main numbered stories at all. So it's interesting right. that they didn't do that here either. They just kind of like set a bunch of things up.
0: Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's very strange. But so this issue of Nick Fury. Involves him being brought in as far as keeping an eye out for Infinity Stone activity. Mm-hmm. When he's telling him, he they only know about overtime and Star. Okay. So this must have been before he checked with Tony. Sure. But Nick Fury Jr. is keeping an eye on the dark web for activity. Blah blah blah. He sees that there's another player keeping an eye on same type of activity. Hmm. Uh, he's like, what the hell. And then they went dark and he doesn't know why. It must have been because they're onto him. And then Unknown Identity makes their move on Nick Fury Jr., ends up being Kyle Richmond, also known as Darkhawk. Hmm. Interesting. Nighthawk. Yeah. Not Darkhawk. Nighthawk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm Marvel different. Batman. Yeah. He basically he hypnotizes Fury to help him out, to be his like. Lackey. Oh, okay. The reason why I'm talking about this, because I could just skip to the end because it's not that big a deal, but <laughs> the art direction is really cool in this. Oh, cool. I mean, so here's Fury getting hypnotized, whatever. So sure. we get a bunch of like speech of like Nighthawk telling Fury what he knows about Fury and how he's thinking too small. He's trying to. Protect the world that's broken, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, point is, you flip over, and from cell to cell, the cells start to rotate. Oh, cool. To get you into a vertical.
1: Nice. Yeah, like like you're, you're holding the book sideways right now, and it's a double-page spread. Cool, with a giant shark at the bottom. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, so like on I've, the far, I've seen, on the
1: beginning. I've seen Ooh. this before but like in Sandman, you know, or like right. books that are much more experimental and really consciously fucking with the form. It's cool to see it. Yeah. Here.
0: So, you start on the left side of the two-page spread, four cells, mm-hmm. rotate a total of 90 degrees to get you to move the page to be yeah. vertical. Yeah. And then the way it's there the next cell is really tall, goes down almost to the bottom of the of both pages, but with the art and the speech bubbles, it actually has you go back up because yeah. it has fury falling into water and swimming back up to the surface. Yeah. And that's how you follow the speech bubbles.
1: Yeah. And so it it the the action of the page draws your eye line across these panels that would otherwise be a lot more chaotically placed. Yeah. That is really, really cool.
0: And then to to undo the rotation on the next page. It has like a fan design. Oh, cool. Like a like a star-spangled rising star type thing. Rising sun like Japanese yeah. style, whatever. And so as you read it, you just rotate with the text. That is really cool. Each piece has its own art, which comes out to the end of the hypnotiz- hip- hypnotic scene yeah. of Nighthawk. Bringing theory into the fold—that
1: is super cool. I love, I love that. I, I guess you can call it a technique now. I, yeah, it's something where it's like, oh, I've seen Sandman do this, but like mm-hmm. screwing with the physical orientation of the book. I would love to to have a story where I, I had a good story excuse to do that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not just doing it, you know, to be just like whatever. Look at me, right.
0: Yeah. Rising Stars had my favorite version of that. Mm-hmm. In the interest of time, we'll talk about it another time because it's sure. kind of timeless. But we should talk about favorite comic book techniques sometime. Yeah. Anyway, so Nighthawk brings Fury into the fold. Fury goes to Project Pegasus, steals a shard of the Cosmic Cube because Nighthawk is going to put a tracker, to a dragon radar, basically, together with the Cosmic Cube shard to track... The Infinity Gems. Okay. Infinity Stones. After the op where he steals the shard, Nighthawk officially brings in Fury and gives him the Falcon suit. If you'll remember from the Heroes Reborn reality, Mm. Falcon was Nighthawk's Robin to his Batman. Oh, right. And so he was training. He was like basically vetting Hypnotized Fury to become his falcon then turns out (laughs) fury has a chest tattoo that the visual seeing it if he ever gets brainwashed
1: (laughs) (laughs) introduces fury
0: right so basically he was like first on the spy business i lost an eye and i started to think what if I lost an arm? What if I lost a leg? Blah, 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 He's like, I know people that can replace that, but what if I lost my mind? So he has this visual tattoo on his chest, right over his heart, huh. that has a blend of Hydra's Pygmalion tech, Pygmalion tech, I don't know the word. Sure. Aim, psychoactive drugs, shield memory loopers, and Not other Not taking any shit. chances. Yeah. That basically gives his brain a hard reset. And so it will, like, take him out of his, you know, whatever hypnosis he has. But in this issue, that so now he's in his right mind, but he's wearing the Falcon suit, Yep, and they use the Dragon Radar to track down Star. They knock Star out, and then before they can get away, Fury shoots Nighthawk. Turns out he has bulletproof armor. He's like, oh, damn it, whatever. But Nighthawk gets away, and Fury has Star and... The tracker. And he's like, you know, Nighthawk's going to keep on making his moves, but I doubt he's going to be able to come across another Cosmic Cube Shard to make a new tracker. So keep an eye on that. Nighthawk's goal was to gather the six infinity gems to recreate the Heroes Reborn universe. Huh. Because everything was perfect in that universe. No one else remembers the universe except for Nighthawk. Yeah. He knows that it was made with a demonic... The pandemonium cube. Uh Uh-huh. And he thinks the Six Infinity Gems, he could do that again. Interesting. Yeah. And so in the the hypnosis and all that kind of stuff, he told Fury about that world. Mm. And he's kind of torn because in that world, his father, Nick Fury Sr., was President of the United States. <laughs> he wasn't He wasn't run into hiding for sure. Doom was right for the country. Okay. And all this other shit. And so he's like, right. ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, Nighthawk wants that reality back. So it ends with Fury having Star in some sort of containment unit. Mm-hmm. And it says to be continued in Black Cat. Huh. And... I haven't read that book yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's a good thing this came across now, I suppose.
0: Yeah. And so I'm really interested. So that's why I feel like they put in annual black cat, just to yeah. let you know what black cat's doing these days, I guess. Sure. But it doesn't have an answer for Thor.
1: <laughs> so just I'm, like I'm we wondering... don't have any other place to reprint all these annuals. Let's just Yeah.
0: I'm wondering if he's going to be if that. Bad guy is going to be, Mm. you know, a player in the Infinity Saga. And then, same with bringing back the Red Owl, who was a sorcerer, a wizard from 1500 years ago. (laughs) Like, why else would you include Miles Morales in here? Yeah. This didn't have, this could have been two issues thinner, but
1: (laughs) whatever. Whatever.
0: Interesting. So Guardians of the Galaxy, a lot happens, but I think we can only go over half of it. In No. Oh. In one issue, it jumps two days. And in those two days, some of the guardians were representatives at the Hellfire Gala.
1: Oh. So we've got some Dawn to read, is what you're saying. Or, sorry, yes. some some rain. Some rain some of rain. X to read.
0: Well, And on top of that, what happens at the end of the issue is big enough of a deal, but they deal with it with stuff that has been revealed in SWORD issues 6 and 7.
1: Huh. Okay. So. So, you're going to have to tell me all of this once we, once right. we finish Hellfire Gala.
0: The build-up is interesting enough. So, Guardians of the Galaxy, classically, are just so incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. Like, you've got Nova with the entirety of the Nova Force. Right. (laughs) At his disposal. (laughs) Gamora, who's just a badass. You've got Groot and Rocket. You've got Star-Lord, now the Lord of the Stars.
1: Right. Full cosmic Star-Lord.
0: Full cosmic Star-Lord. You've got Kul'urt the super scroll Mm -hmm. who's literally just in this he's he's the man in the computer man in the chair Mm -hmm. he's he's keeping an eye on a map of the galaxy and sending people where they need to be you've got drax who's a badass you've got moon dragon who is two different moon dragons blended into one (laughs) <laughs> incredibly powerful telekinetic being
1: <laughs> yeah
0: you have Phyla Vell you have mm-hmm. two quasars who are cosmically linked by their bands. you have Wendell Vaughn who is the classic quasar that most mm-hmm. people know and then you also have Avril okay. Avril
1: Kincaid is the other quasar not Cecily Kincaid because that's Mercury from the new X-Men
0: right <laughs> But they have the same hair. I wonder if they're related.
1: Huh. interesting.
0: I didn't know that Mercury's last name was Kincaid. But I know, <laughs> but they're both redheads, and they both have long, ponytailed red hair.
1: Okay. Well, Kincaid's an Irish name, right? So, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's not that you know far fetched for a Kincaid to be a redhead. True.
0: So, you start this issue with four progenitors. Attacking Nuhala, hmm. progenitors are large beings with floating heads. Okay, like that is large. think think just below celestial level mm-hmm. in terms of like power and status and okay. intensity. Sure, they like to mess with beings and experiment on them and okay. just toy with them. Who wouldn't? Yeah. There's more of an explanation of progenitors because they are a bigger player, but I, I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. But it opens with that. And then you have Colert on his cosmic map. And the I, these are the things that I love to see because it helps <laughs> him place when this shit happens. So you have Throne World with a progenitor incursion. You have Soul conditioned yellow, potential Korvac. Iron Man is responding. You have <laughs> okay. Chandelar condition yellow ongoing political unrest x men have responded okay utopian cree border condition yellow snark war in <laughs> intensification <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: snark war has happened Power because pack. the cree scroll well the cree scroll war is over mm. and this the snark war got talked about in the first volume of guardians when, or maybe the second volume when the the Galactic Council meets and uh, to talk about this new cosmic like standard that is happening.
1: Sure, political status quo.
0: Yeah, and then you have Galactic Grim, Condition Yellow, Surveyor Team missing, investigation underway. So this volume of Guardians is dealing with the progenitors and the Galactic Grim. Okay, the other three things we just know about from other. Books. Yeah. Well, except for the Chandelier situation, which I assume we're going to get to pretty soon.
1: I mean, we've seen some Shi'ar Imperial politics. Yeah, with
0: yeah. Xandra. But anyway, so the Rimworld, Marvel Boy, Phylavel, Quasar, and Drax are sent to investigate because the the survey team disappeared. Turns out they've all been burned at the stake, uh, and there's writing on the bottoms of the stake in Old Scrollian. Hmm. An ancient scrollion and says, Believe in the flame. And they're using ancient scroll magic, blood magic, fire, blood magic for some reason. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. It's
1: a Red Hot Chili Peppers album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ancient scrollion, blood, fire, sex magic.
0: <laughs> Billy Kaplan and Tommy are dealing with, I'm oh, sorry, not Tommy, Teddy are dealing yeah. with the progenitors but it is a slow battle and so other guardians are responding you've got moon dragon rocket Groot, quill gamora and nova and they are dealing with the progenitors taking them out one at a time in all kinds of epic ways groot is going up against one the progenitor is trying to end groot and quill goes for a shot And Rocket's like, no, you're going to hit Groot. And he's like, obviously, I'm aiming at Groot. And he's like, what? And he says, I'm the Star-Lord, Rocket, Master of the Sun, and Master of the Four Elements, sunlight and soil, fresh water, fresh air, the (laughs) essence of all these things, the essence of growth. Have a boost, big guy. And he shoots Groot and basically gives him, like, miracle grow.
1: (laughs) Kaiju Groot over here becomes progenitor-sized. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And so he takes out a progenitor in one shot. And then Psychic Recon from Moondragon confirms confirms that it is afraid. And so Nova says, cool. He grabs the head, because they all have floating heads. He grabs the head of one of the progenitors, takes it into space. The body falls apart, and he tells the space head, he's like, yeah. (laughs) He tells the space head, he's like, okay, I know you understand me. We're going to have a talk. (laughs) You need to understand that the galaxy is guarded. Okay, tell your masters that the galaxy is not your 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 playpen. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. And he says, "They said okay," <laughs> and so he leaves. So anyway, alert gone. Mm-hmm. That's one thing dealt with. So now we need to figure out what's going on with the brethren of the forgotten flame. This is on the rim world at the edge of the galaxy. Okay. We see this girl, this scroll, Talionis, skinny scroll lady. She's got a scythe for her like staff, and she's okay. leading all these different races that are like, Yeah, let's fucking do whatever we need to do. <laughs> Basically, they want to burn the galaxy using sure. this ancient scroll. Great magic. Plan. Agreed. So, in dealing with that, after the progenitors have left, the boss shows up. Boss ends up being none other than... Doom. Doctor Doom. Okay. <laughs> Hello, which Victor. Is, which is perfect timing for this read, because uh-huh. in Bride of Doom, Fantastic Four, at the end of it, he said, I have to go off-world to deal with something.
1: Mm. That's right. Just like... Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just like week. So, That's
1: awesome.
0: Yeah, so he knocks out the ga- the guardians in like two pages, and he is going for the Star Sword that Teddy has, and he wants that because it's an extremely powerful ancient weapon. Who wouldn't want it? Sure. Yeah. Right. So anyway, turns out basically. The Star Sword is controlled by Teddy, and so you know it has chosen Teddy, and it falls out of his grip. And so Doom does a mind swap with Teddy, so oh. now he's controlling Teddy's body. Okay. Teddy is in Doom's body, and he uses the the sword disrupts magic, and so he stabs Billy to throw off his magic. It doesn't kill him; it just disrupts okay. his magic, so he can't use it anymore. While that's happening, things seem to be getting heated on the rim world. The Guardians are like, okay, we got to get involved in this. And then wait, what's happening? Is, is the first of all, how come we didn't know about this planet? It's this planet that has breathable air, clear skies, a temperate climate. Like, hmm. like let's think big picture here. Why yeah. are we why is this undiscovered till now? This planet, this planet was either terraformed without anybody noticing, or it's mobile. It can migrate. Huh. I'm not from this reality. Is there a world in this universe that can move by itself? Oh, shit. Look at that. Yeah, there is. It's called Ego. Oh, okay. So so this blood scroll thing is happening on Ego. Okay. At the edge of the galaxy. Yeah. (sighs) Meanwhile, dooms are dealing with, or, or galaxy... The the guardians, oh my gosh, on Stone <laughs> World Two are dealing with Doom. Yes, Doom is convinced to wait and do another mind swap. Moon Dragon gets involved, and so she makes <laughs> she makes Rocket and Doom mind swap. <laughs> and so Rocket is in Doom's body, and Doom is in Rocket's body. So they finally <laughs> have a chance to talk it out. Okay, and basically, Doom is like. There is something cosmically wrong with the universe right now. I am here to deal with it. Like that something is something's up. Mm. We need to I need to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Because this is my reality. I intend to protect it. So Mm -hmm. Quill confirms something is definitely off. Okay. And they need to figure it out. As that happens, all of the brethren slit their wrists to let their blood flow. Oh. And then the the thing starts and then everyone is now in pain and they're like, wait, no, this isn't what we want. And then that entire ritual spreads across all of ego and says, oh my God, the whole planet is turning black, shiny black, like like chitin or like an insect's egg. And the entire planet of ego is wrapped in this black egg-like substance okay (laughs) right so doom and rocket say that there's something wrong with the with the cosmic balance and peter sorry doom and peter and pete is like well we can put we can lock you away but you're gonna get out because you're (laughs) doom we have the same goal Mm -hmm. welcome to the guardians of the galaxy
1: there we go. We did it, boys. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> we've got, so,
0: Doom, now back in his old body, in his new body, or old body, or whatever, yeah. original body, is now working with the, with the Guardians to deal with this cosmic imbalance. More planets have found out about this giant egg around Ego, and so there's a whole bunch of survey ships that they're, all trying to figure out what's going on. They're also okay. trying to break it, trying to get inside. Nothing mm. is getting through. Okay. Meanwhile, Nova and Pete are sent to S.W.O.R.D. to be the... Repre- well, Pete is going as the Spartax representative to the Hellfire Gala. Yeah. And Nova is going as the representative of the galaxy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they are met... By Brand and Magneto. And at this point, Nova is so effing tired of villains being treated as good guys. Okay. The last biggest straw was Doom Mm -hmm. (laughs) joining the Guardians. Right. And now he has to go and shake hands with Magneto. (laughs) Okay. So... He calls him out and says, do you remember two beings named Mr. One and Mr. Two?
1: Wait, that sounds really familiar. Yeah. Well, what? I don't know if you read it, but Magneto
0: remembers. It says, a single mind sharing two bodies. I found them through a newspaper advert, Not the Usual Methods. This happened in Captain America Annual number no. 4 in 1977.
1: Yeah, wait. They came up recently in something, didn't they? Uh, I, I I read them recently they were based on Warstar from Imperial Guard technology.
0: Yep, that's the next cell. <laughs> but yeah, Magneto's story is he thought they could help me access a spacecraft in my possession, but my but events escaped my control and they died. And Nova said. Mr. 1 Mr. 2 weren't mutants. That's why your mu- usual methods didn't work. They were Shi'ar sub-guardians, an early prototype of the Warstar unit. They transmitted data on their own deaths as it happened. I'm, assessing, I'm accessing that data right now. Under the Pan-Worlds Treaty, I have authority to act on it. You can walk away from Sins on Earth, Magneto, but space is my territory. So Nova wants to arrest
1: Magneto because he's tired of all this. Oh, they were in Heroes Reborn. Oh <laughs> no 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 Wait, like my your heroes were born, her, I think. Oh why my bad. Why did what did I know about this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway.
0: Yeah. So anyway, Nova and Magneto have a little fight. They get told to stand down by Brand and her security team. Nova and Magneto calmer heads prevail, whatever, cooler heads prevail. They talk it out. And he's like, operating as a superhero, maybe that is trying to turn back the clock when it hurts, to when it hurts less. But you talk about compromises. I pulled Annihilus inside out to save everything. And then he saved my life. The Super scroll runs my ops room. Now I'm on a team with Dr. Doom. (laughs) Like, he's just overwhelmed. That is the last scene that happens before the two days later jump. Okay. They, something happened because Rocket says, I'm not going to say the word, but he says, I hate to say it, but you, but you Earthers might actually have done something right. And Quasar says, gee, thanks. I was thinking more about the other news. And then tag, all the news is in sword number six. But there's only one page turn left because the giant black egg thing is hatching
1: and what was once Ego is now
0: the head of Dormammu
1: oh well that's that's intense I agree well shit Mm -hmm. and it gets dealt with
0: with things that get revealed and used from Sword 6 and 7 so I'm stopping there
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) <laughs> yep, you're going to have to brief me on it once we get there in yep. in our X-read.
0: Okay, so for Spider-Man, I don't mind waiting for in 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 the Spirit of Time for next week. But I will say that so this volume addresses some of the biggest complaints that readers have had about Spider-Man. Okay. Accepting the fact that people these days seem to like Clone Wars more or the Clone Saga now mm. is very convoluted and disgusting originally. But I think because Ben Riley and Kane have become popular characters, popular and integral characters, mm-hmm. people are more accepting of the Jackal storyline. With Okay. So... The reason why I bring that up is because if you made a list of, like, top five or ten controversial storylines yeah. or plot holes in Spider-Man, mm-hmm. people classically love to hate on the Clone Saga. This yeah, does not address the Clone Saga. Okay. It talks about Sins of the Past, which is a storyline with the twins of Gwen Stacy and Norman Osborn. Oh, yeah. Gabriel and... Sarah, Stacy, gross. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it deals with the on-screen death and somehow return of Harry Osborne mm. and some other random shit. But the reason why I'm okay with skipping is because <laughs> in the middle of this, when we're dealing with all these revelations and monologues and stuff, something else happens, not in this title. Huh. It's a four issue arc written by Spencer also called Sinister War. Oh boy. And it's okay. in my reading for next week. Okay. So I don't mind doing a sure. heavy getting into it. Yeah. <laughs> Spider Man covered next next week. Okay. But like to give you an idea, we're dealing with five sinister teams. <laughs>
1: Dear God. Yeah. Okay.
0: There's the Sinister Six, the original Sinister Six being brought back together by Dr. Octopus, a revived Dr. Octopus. Okay. You've got a makeshift Sinister Six being brought together by the Foreigner, who doesn't have, I think he's strong, but mercenary type Mm -hmm. that got screwed over by Chance's casino a couple issues ago. You have basically like Boomerang's Sinister... So like think Sinister Foes.
1: Yeah. So, uh, superior uh, superior foes, foes of Spider-Man. But,
0: yeah. yeah, but now Sinister. And okay. then you've got the Savage Six. Savage Six put together by Vulture. Okay. Which is a new one. And then you have Sinister Syndicate, mm-hmm. who is a team of female spider villains that have been a thing on the side and they've been going by Sinister Syndicate. Anyway, four issues of Sinister War deals with that because the next time, basically, we're getting all these other character monologues and scenes while Pete is dealing with that, with the Sinister War. And the next time we see Pete in Amazing Spider-Man is post-Sinister War. Sure. Okay. So I don't mind going over both of those at the same time. Okay. Also, I think I need to go back through this volume and actually write everything down that gets revealed and covered.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because it's a lot. In group chat, you were kind of losing it over how much got revealed, all of the different yeah. just like attention to plot holes and all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm vi- like.
0: So, at the with accepting that I may give a little bit away, only if you really think about it. (laughs) How do you we've had this similar conversation with like, does the story of Harriet Tubman get reduced if she is, does the legacy of Harriet Tubman get reduced if we find out that she's a daughter of liberty? Mm -hmm. On the same vein, but on the other side of the coin, Mm -hmm. are the evil deeds that bad people do reduced if a sinister power is behind it like Mm, yeah like sinister being sinister is bad enough but then he works
1: for apocalypse is his are his deeds right it's like take the like first wonder woman story first wonder woman movie right Where it's like Mm -hmm. oh Right. World War One, but Aries, right? Yeah. So, like, Aries yeah. is pushing World War One to be worse. So, does this lessen the atrocities of you know human leadership? Man. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a great question.
0: I mean, that's a perfect example because I was trying to keep it like topical, but I was like, you know, if because I know Hitler was into like occult, yeah, research, yeah. If he was possessed by a demon. Right. Are his actions more or like less terrible and evil if it's not truly him, if that makes sense.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the story to a large extent. Mm. Because if they had the motivate the the intent to do all of the terrible things they just didn't have the power and then Mm -hmm. getting the power Mm -hmm. means they lose control but they still you know but all those terrible things are done and maybe more Mm -hmm. then no if they know what they're getting into then no you know that they're responsible for all of it so yeah i guess there's a gradation
0: yeah and like i don't i i agree I, i don't have a blanket answer yeah and i don't entirely have a thought out opinion on this Mm -hmm. but some of the stuff that happens in spider-man makes me question okay like oh gosh we want to get biblical so (laughs) adam and eve yeah eve screwed up by eating the apple because the devil told her to right if she just screwed up because she was curious about how the apple tasted is that a separate
1: ethical question mm -hmm. i
0: don't know man yeah, no. it doesn't keep me up at night, but it gets, <laughs> it's in my mind all the time. <laughs> okay, okay. But yeah, so I'm interested in that conversation. Yeah, something to percolate, percolate in the back mm-hmm. of your head, because it will kind of come up Interesting. next week. Okay, cool. But yeah, so it was like I said, it was it was a heavy content week. We need to read some rain.
1: We need to read some Rain. Yeah. Is this is this next week? Or no wait, you you've got Spider-Man next week, week after. I
0: do, but it feels like I'm at the point where the only thing I'm behind on is Rain. Like everything else in my Marvel universe seems to be happening at a good chronological order. Okay. And now Rain is behind. Sure. Yeah, let's let's talk your stuff. I'm sorry it took so much time. It's cool.
1: I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I really I, thought this was going to go faster. <laughs> it's all good. I, I read a lot, but I'll try and make it go quickly. So I finished two series and started a third. Wow. So Alpha Flight, we're done with Alpha Flight.
0: Yay.
1: I know. <laughs> Quicksilver, we're done with Quicksilver. Cool. Yeah. And we are starting a new series called Mutant X. Uh, uh, Have you heard of it? No. Wait.
0: <laughs> I feel like I've heard of it. Okay. It sounds familiar.
1: It's the successor to X-Factor. After oh, interesting, Havoc okay. seemingly died at the end of X-Factor, he got thrown into the body of an alternate reality, Havoc. Okay. This is his story there. So I'm going to start with Alpha Flight. So remember, I think it was a couple couple weeks ago when... We were talking about Deadpool, and there was that scientist named Killabrew. Killabrew, mm-hmm. and you were like, "Is it Killabrew? Or Right. So now we have a different Canadian evil scientist who makes a last-minute turn to good, and his name is Kilgrew, Killgrew. K i l l g r e w. No e. No e. <laughs> Okay.
0: Ah, damn. Okay. (laughs) Just how did that... This is written multiple times,
1: so we know it's not a typo. We know it's not a typo, yeah.
0: Because the B and the G are right next to (laughs) each (laughs) other.
1: Okay, cool, 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 cool. It's a different character and everything, yeah. (laughs) So when we last read Alpha Flight, they had this big blow-up of a fight against their sort of series-long adversary, the Zodiac. Not important. There have been so many Zodiacs. Yeah, right? Sasquatch died, but not Walt Lankowski's Sasquatch. A literal Sasquatch that they had abducted from the woods and had kept chained up and used as muscle in fights. Also, the evil head... Of the department of department h died the evil bureaucrat who was like you know ruling by fear and wiping everybody's minds every issue it's a, you know lying to everybody right cetera, right, so. right,
0: right 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 right
1: so yeah. he died strangely enough died as a hero stopping the nuclear power plant that powered only their base <laughs> from going off okay yeah. okay but, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a new director guy and he like wants to make everything better. A guy named uh, last name Gentry, you know, trying to clean through HQ and, and do a full culture shift. But things are still very shady. And there's this scientist, Dr. Kilgrew, who it's an issue that kind of does a good job of establishing the culture of fear within the normals. In Department H, as well as the superheroes, the Alpha Flight folks, mm. and so it's just like this real heavy security culture, like heavy surveillance. He doesn't know who to trust or what's going on, but he manages to send a file to Puck exposing, you know, all of the misdeeds, and then gets killed along with his family.
0: Oh, Canada!
1: Yeah, <laughs> Sunfire leaves. So there's there's a whole thing. Sunfire hedge crashed in with Alpha Flight for a little while because his powers were going out of control and they told him that he was in danger of irradiating everyone around him. And so he stayed for tests and they just put more and more and more tests on him and his powers got worse and worse and worse. And then finally he's like, you know what? I'm out of here. And he goes to start Big Hero 6, basically. Cool. Yeah. They have a funeral for Sasquatch. Everyone thinks it's Walt... And Gentry doesn't, it, after, you know, making this whole show of like trying to clean everything up and, and you know, reset everything, he gets sort of like um, taken aside by his bosses who are like, you know, we still want to have some power over these Alpha Flight folks. We don't want to treat them as equals. And so he doesn't tell them that it was wasn't Walt who died. Meanwhile, this guy Radius... He's an arrogant jerk with force field powers, who, by the way, it turns out is the son of Eunice the Untouchable. Oh. Yeah. He and another Alpha Flight member, Flex, thought that they were siblings. And this is another one of Alpha's lies. Turns out not to be a case. Flex finds out their true parentage and he's really happy about it. And he never tell. he's like, I found out who my real parents are. And then he never says it before the series ends. It seems like it's going to be important, and then it just never comes up. <coughs> so yeah, Radius is feeling guilty because Sasquatch died like saving him after he was being an arrogant jerk and went off and didn't follow orders in the middle of battle. And so he like doesn't go to the funeral and then talks a bunch of shit when he does and blah, 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 blah. One of the other things that Gentry, the new boss, does is he sidelines the main evil scientist, Huxley, who starts plotting revenge. He also frees a bunch of the alpha candidates in training who are basically locked up as prisoners, and they are a girl named Lily, a.k.a. Ghost Girl, a guy named Flinch who is glowing like orange and smells bad, and he only appears in one panel. And then a guy <laughs> named a guy named Ouija, who has to spell out every couple words he says, who also only appears in like one panel, whatever. Lily comes, uh, the ghost girl comes back, strangely enough. And then they have you know just like a, a villain show up in their lap, so they have to go fight guy named Brass Bishop, who is like a. I'm just estimating time frame here, but I guess like a 17th century Spanish Bishop Bishop who sold his soul to Mephisto to win over a woman he desired still didn't get her. She died. Mephisto said he could get his soul back for hers. So he built a literal tower of Babel all the way to heaven. And back in the day was stopped by Puck and Modred of Dr. Strange slash Darkhold, you know, whatever fame. And so, this is a different Brass Bishop than one who appeared towards the very end of Alpha Flight Volume 1 who is more chess-themed. This is actual, like, church-themed. So Brass Bishop attacks an iceberg, a ship that goes around breaking icebergs in the Northwest Passage. Of course, they make references to Titanic and El Nino. It's 1998. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Brass Bishop turns a whole... You know, town into zombies, and then Alpha Flight wins and unzombifies everybody. And then old Alpha Flight. Uh, oh, so um real Walter Lankowski shows up. He has been in Antarctica ever since he showed up in the pages of Deadpool number one. Now he goes straight to Alaska, of course, uh, or while he was in Antarctica, sorry, Max' body crashed to Earth, a different James McDonald Hudson, AKA guardian, then the one who is with alpha flight, who is the teenage version without any of his memories, the clone that was taken. Anyway, this is, I guess, you know, the real Mac, but I forget if real Mac was also a robot at this point. It's been through a lot. There's a quote and spoiler alert. They finally, you know, they meet up later. And the whole Alpha Flight series has been written in second person omniscient towards, like, directed at the characters, which is so annoying. Weird. Weird. It's really weird. Like, the writer wants to talk to his characters? Yeah, the writer's like, you, you know, Gentry, what do you do to go and fix all of this? You, so there's a a caption later in, in the series when they meet up, That's uh, you, Heather Hudson. How many times does one super... No, wait, sorry. Could anyone's heart withstand a fifth resurrection of their dead husband? Wow. (laughs) That's the kind of shit we... Alpha Flight does. So, yeah. They recover Mac's body and then go to Alaska to meet up with Shaman. Remember, Shaman was in Alaska treating Jean Grey... Like last mm-hmm. week or the week before. In podcast time. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, North Star is chasing Aurora all over the world, flying after her, and he runs into Shaman and Mac and Walt, and then they get Aurora. So that's that whole thing's going on at the same time. So they are all the old Alpha Flight. They're not part they haven't been part of this title at all. Alpha Flight has been puck, Vindicator. <laughs> Little Mac, let's call him Te- okay. <laughs> teenage clone guardian Sasquatch, who was not Walt, was an actual Sasquatch manbot, who is not even worth mentioning. He's literally just a robot who says "we're click" at the beginning and end oh, of every single. Right. Yeah. Octavius uses him. I don't think he does, but anyway, maybe. Oh, I don't... different
0: robot that says yeah, "we're click."
1: I think so. Maybe. Maybe. And then three new characters, Radius and Flex, who I already talked about, and Murmur, who has the same powers as Purple Girl, who was in the first Alpha Flight series, but for some reason they didn't want to use her, so they created this new character instead. But it's the same powers. She was injured in the fight against Zodiac, and she's been sidelined. She really wants to get back, but she hasn't been a part of anything. Anyway. Anyway the new alpha flight team teams up with big hero 6 sunfire comes back after finding out he was lied to no radiation poisoning just huxley's experiments and meanwhile giant kaiju called x the unknown i think that's a like was previously a character you know adversary in in marvel comics Yeah, yeah. First appeared in Tales to Astonish, number 20, in in March 1961. So there's a deep cut for you. (laughs) So yeah, X, the unknown, attacks Big Hero 6's amusement park headquarters. By the way, Big Hero 6 in this, because this is the very first Big Hero 6, is Sunfire, Silver Samurai, hero and baymax although baymax is looks nothing like uh is very different very from the, different from the from movie the <laughs> big yeah. like green dragon type thing a girl named honey lemon who can pull anything out of her purse and go go Tom- tomago who can transform her body into a ball of energy so there we go that's big hero 6 and so i don't know they they fight the kaiju and win and then team up ends and then Huxley unleashes a new weapon X project bacteria that they, the, he just was, he just got so crazy at the, uh, you know, in with no checks on his power in department H that he was just doing whatever experiments he wanted and just like abducting just people off the street in order to experiment on. So he, uh, He abducted tourists from New Zealand and subjected him to this bacteria, this Weapon X bacteria. He also at different points subjected Diamond Lil and Aurora to it. Diamond Lil, it couldn't get through her skin. So it's just being kept in stasis because that's how bacteria works, I guess. (laughs) Um, And Aurora, it's eating through her multiple personalities first. That's uh, sure. Sure. (laughs) But this Kiwi tourist, he was the perfect host, I guess. And, and he is inside a giant like powered containment suit and has a achieved like sort of a a hive mind symbiosis, like it's kind of taking over, but sometimes the human's in control, blah, 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 blah. And so he's going around Canada to different, I don't even know why I'm telling you this part. It's so dumb. Going to different (laughs) power plants and absorbing all of the power to keep his suit cooled, but it also gives him the power to fight off Alpha, Alpha Flight. And the... Bacteria side of him wants to puncture the suit so that it can spread and destroy the world. And the human side of him wants to keep cooling the suit, but that means that he's destroying Canada's power infrastructure. And the whole thing is leading him to this. Oh my God. Atomic incinerator. Like a place where you can just put anything into it nuclear, like an ongoing nuclear explosion to incinerate it or something. Solid Canada move. Okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> so anyway, original Alpha shows up. You get that line with, could anyone's heart withstand a fifth resurrection of their death dead husband? The Aurora North Star touchability works randomly. Remember we were talking about how oh. after yeah, yeah, yeah. her resurrection in... in uh, X Factor recently, it worked again. Yeah, it just works here out of continuity. <laughs> and great lampshading moment. Vindicator Heather yells, How many times does one superhero team have to fight another before we all learn once and for all that all that does is let the bad guys escape? <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what happens, of course. That's too
0: meta. It's too yeah. meta. It's too much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Seen at the atomic incinerator and they win blah 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 the meds oh this whole thing was set in place by huxley he ends up failing upward to go work at shield no I've, none of the okay so we had these like oh another great lampshading line here you know because at the end it's like oh we're you know how are we? What are we going to do with all these old Alpha Flight members and all these new Alpha Flight members and all of these uh, you know members in training, like Ghost Girl, who you know we're, we we want to do something with? And uh, I think it's Heather again says having too many Alphas might be a problem if someone were trying to write stories about you, but the department would never allow that to happen, and that's in the issue that they get canceled.
0: Oof, that's. <laughs> All right. That's, That's very brutal. brutal. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. But let's <laughs> so let's go through those main characters and see whose arc got any sort of com- conclusion. So the arc for little Mac was he, you know, was 19 years old and thrust into this very adult role of having a wife. And being the leader of this team, and it's all stuff that he's just not really ready or prepared for. He gets a little bit of self-confidence, just kind of like meeting his adult self and also just being under better management <laughs> from uh, from Gentry. So he gets some progression there at the very end. Heather, both Max try and like talk it out what's going to go on with Heather and heather finally at the end of it dumps both of them and g- goes on a date with puck puck's unrequited love for her was his main character arc this whole thing along with you know his mind getting wiped every issue so he couldn't really have an arc at all and flex <laughs> found out who his parents were but didn't get to tell anybody <laughs> so i'm going to grade that an in incomplete radius It kind of had a breakthrough at the very end of like, oh, I'm going to like accept, you know, being part of a team, but never, ever followed orders like a single order in a single fight. So he never he, he said he had a breakthrough, but he never got to put it into action. And also like finding out that Walt Lankowski was actually alive helped some a little bit. Not really. And then Murmur. No, she had no arc. So yeah. That, oh, and uh, Manbot wasn't even a character; like, had no agency or personality, so he didn't get an arc. So that was that was that was the end of Alpha Flight. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> How come you're convinced that that's not the same robot? I guess I don't know. Because
0: Warclick is pretty like. One character.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm just going from the wiki, and he's only appeared in this volume of Alpha Flight. Really? Oh, I guess he did. I guess Manbot did used to be a person named Bernie Lacanay, L A C H E N A Y. And he was bonded with a box robot, and he completely lost his human personality. But he does have a face. <laughs> It's the dumbest, (laughs) it's the dumbest design. Living brain. Living brain? Yes. Okay, living brain looks a lot more like a, like a classic, like Johnny Five type robot, like. Yeah. Menbot? Manbot. Oh, menbot is 16, or
0: 1611.
1: No, man, man with an A, yeah.
0: Bernie Lack. Ah, there we go. Oh, yeah, that is definitely
1: not <laughs> just red and two legs and then kind yeah. of a face in the middle.
0: He looks like the enforcer thing from like uh, from Robocop. <laughs> but red. Okay. Yeah. So because living brain also speaks with word click. Okay. And that's the only reason why sure. I thought not having. A visual to show that I was completely wrong. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's <all> okay. <good. laughs> but yeah, Manbot, because, man, or sorry, Living Brain first appeared in Amazing Spider Man number eight in 1964.
1: Oh. Wow, that is a long time ago. Yeah. So it's a strictly a Spider Man character, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, really random. He had a cr- oh he hung out with Next Wave.
1: He had a <laughs> that sounds correct with the Next Wave. That sounds correct. <laughs> Manbot could be a deep cut character. He's certainly enough, you know, obscure enough. But there's also no reason why anyone would want to bring him back. He's just ugly and uninteresting. Like. Yeah, I wouldn't subject drawing that on anybody. <laughs> okay, Solid. enough Alpha Flight, Quicksilver. Enough Alpha Flight, Quicksilver. Okay, so Quicksilver is kind of broken up into three arcs here, but it's only six inch, seven issues. Well, seven issues of Quicksilver, but two of them, two of the arcs are crossovers. So, Dane Whitman shows up. There's a bunch of fighting over Crystal. She says, screw you both. I'm taking Luna to Adelan and having some me time. Because, you know, she just came back from the dead, from Heroes Reborn, and had, like, a big reunion with Pietro. But he can't stop being Pietro. And so, <laughs> <laughs> obvious mm-hmm. problems. Also, I guess she had a, hist- a romantic history with uh, with Dane Whitman. Mm. And he, you know, still had feelings for her at this time. And was, you know, trying to win her back. Blah, 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 blah. This mysterious hooded figure appears to Pietro and says, basically tells him them, tells them to let them all go. And then disappears again. He'll be back. Don't worry. <laughs> if you remember the, um, the Knights of Wondagore, all of the new men, animals who were, you know, High evolutionary. Yeah. Quicksilver is supposed to be leading them and they all got captured when they came, they went to New York to see how the people lived. They went to a, a show of cats and got thrown out for chasing the actors. And then, <laughs> uh-huh. and then got abducted by uh, a flying robot, a uh, taxi cab and it turned out it was exodus behind it. He's torturing them to find the location of the high evolutionary and his quote isotope E. So how much do you know about like high evolutionary stories from back in the day? Next to none. Does does the does the name man beast mean anything to you? Oh gosh. <laughs> Only by name. I couldn't okay. tell you anything about it. Cool, perfect. So isotope A was like his first thing right I guess he first you know fought superheroes or whatever with the isotope A but then isotope B was kind of like you know his second attempt and the first stable one and he used that to create Bova and his first new men isotope C created uh, a villain named Man Beast evolved from a um, like a a wolf and Man Beast has psychic powers Hmm. Yeah. Isotope D is what ended up giving him like godlike powers, but it was unstable. And so Isotope E is the stable version. So there's a whole bunch of unnecessary like running around and Quicksilver, the new men, acolytes slash brotherhood, because Exodus's acolytes have hired a bunch of legacy infected mutants. Feral, Omega Red, Pyro, Avalanche. Who isn't infected? He's just there to help his buddy Pyro. And I'm trying. Oh, and Random and Fenris. Ugh, Mm. Fenris. He hired them all to to help out with the expectation that you know they they thought they'd get a cure to the Legacy virus after all this because he's saying that that's what Isotope E did. But he thinks that they are impure mutants for having legacy virus and he doesn't give a shit about them yeah so the acolytes slash their you know higher use the new men, quicksilver and the high evolutionary end up all meeting up in the savage land and you know big chaotic fight high evolutionary is devolved to an ape because that's what his unstable isotope does and why he needs isotope e but he kind of like has it And so it's, like, this thing that everyone's, like, fighting for and trying to find. And then eventually, like, somebody just has it. (laughs) It turns out that Lord Anon, who is one of the the Knights of Wondegore, who has been in this, like, anonymous armor the whole time, turns out to be man-beast. That they killed—there was supposed to be a real Lord Anon who was also evolved from a wolf— and was being kept anonymous because High Evolutionary didn't think that his new men would trust any more evolved wolves. So Man-Beast came, killed the real one, took his identity. Anyway, kills Sir Churchill, the Dog Man, bef- who figures this whole thing out before he can tell others. And then everyone leaves the Savage Land, but <laughs> Exodus leaves... Pyro, you know, all of the mutants that he hired with the legacy virus for no reason, just kind of leaves them there and they're stuck. And then we have... To be clear, this is happening in a Quicksilver book, right? This is happening in a Quicksilver book. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then he gets involved for an issue with uh, more of an Avengers storyline called Live Cree or Die. And I'm not going to spend too much time on this, although this was i think the uh, the first storyline where carol danvers's alcoholism became a real problem so mm-hmm. or was revealed or whatever and so she like keeps you know going off and trying to do her own thing and they revoke her membership but there is a contingent of Kree warriors who revive the Supreme Intelligence on the blue area of the moon, they call themselves the Lunatic Legion. So the, the most recent Kree storyline before this, the Supreme Intelligence set off a negabomb destroying Hala and like killing 90% of the Kree Empire because they were evolutionarily stagnant. And he wanted them to, he wanted to, you know, create, you know, dangerous conditions in which they would force evolution, force evolution. Exactly. And then the Avengers decided to kill the Supreme Intelligence, but blah, blah, blah. He didn't actually die. And so this cadre of Kree warriors, the Lunatic Legion, come across him on the blue area of the moon. And they're like, hey, we've got this great plan. You're going to love it. We're going to turn all the humans into Kree. So they, you know, issue of Iron Man, they abduct some weapon, and they also capture Carol because she is human-Kree hybrid. And then they, you know, blah, blah, blah. They issue of Quicksilver, they capture some Terrigen mist or a Terrigen crystal or whatever, and then... In the issue of Captain America, they get something else they need, and they go to the moon and they shoot. You know, they're prepared to shoot a thing at the Earth that will turn all the humans into pure blood Cree, but kill all uh, or all of the pure humans into pure Cree, but kill all of the superhumans. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, it's dumb. That's it. It, you know, they fight and they win. <laughs> I feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's not really part of my ongoing thing, but it was in- interesting to, enough to read what's going on into non-X-Men books. So, And then Quicksilver continues on to the next crossover called Siege of Mount Wondagore, and it's a crossover with Heroes for Hire. So Heroes for Hire right now is uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Scott Lang Ant-Man, Black Knight, Thana the Eternal white tiger but not any of the ayala family white tigers this is one of a new man uh a high, one of high evolutionary's projects who has evolved from you guessed it a white tiger okay <laughs> and also she hulk but she's mostly working for them as a lawyer and the whole company is owned by jim hammond hmm. and so white Tiger sort of instigates the plot line by returning to high evolutionary and the knights and then coming across Lord Anon, who is secretly man beast because it turns out white tigers entire like purpose for living was to destroy the man beast and has just been sort of like (laughs) wasting time on heroes for hire rather than, you know, being where man beast was this whole time. Yeah. There's a, you know, just the, most chaotic fight possible against the acolytes where it's like exodus holds uh you know high evolutionary hostage and so the new men are like oh we have to do what he says so the new men are fighting against the heroes for hire and also you know Quicksilver, and then they're like, oh, he's not actually being held hostage. Oh, but Man-Beast, you know, reveals himself, and and he teams up with the Acolytes, but then Quicksilver, you know, ingest, uses some of the isotope E on himself and becomes really powerful and goes also kind of crazy, uh, you know, monomaniacal, saying he's going to take Magneto's place, and so he defeats Exodus in single combat, and they, you know, some of the acolytes turn to his side, and it's just, like, constantly shifting alliances, and just, like, the, all the action figures just being bashed against each other constantly. <laughs> uh, also, some of some extremely dead acolytes show up for no reason. Sinyaka, who has died and come back twice already, so he kind of doesn't count because it's an established thing for him, but also... Javits, Milan, Katu, and Mellencamp, who it, eventually they acknowledge it. Quicksilver's like, another dead one. What the hell? But uh, yeah, they were all brought back for this storyline For with absolutely no explanation. Most of them stayed dead afterwards, too. How they came back? Well, not even... It, it was clearly editorial oversight. Like, it was, <laughs> you know... Nobody, nobody bothered to check whether they were dead when they drew them. Oh my gosh! And so, yeah, I wouldn't have really noticed except Milan. Milan died, was one who I thought was really cool. He was the guy with the the arrow pointing down on his forehead. Mm. I just always thought that was a cool design because there's just like only so many things that you can do with like you know <laughs> with an arrowhead. Well, with 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 like. To to differentiate all of your superhuman characters wearing spandex from far enough away, like, you know, how are you going to make this guy look different than that guy? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just put an arrow on his forehead. Sure. Anyway, High Evolutionary is like, oh, no, I'm going to, you know, resume my godlike powers and kill everything and start Earth over again. Because, you know, again, this is just the most chaotic, stupid fight. So then Thena, Manbeast, and Exodus do a psychic team-up to take him out. Okay. Thena forms a unimind between Manbeast and Exodus. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. It, it's easy to follow who's on which side while you're reading it because they telegraph it. They just say it, you know, completely in... in- <laughs> You know, like what all the changes are. It's just so silly. Eventually, it ends up with two duels Dane versus Exodus and Man Beast versus White Tiger. Dane and Exodus have a history, by which I mean, in a recent thing that I read, Dane Whitman was taken back to the 13th century and met Exodus and sealed him in some, you know, tomb, temple, underground thing. And he was stuck there until Magneto found him. Wow. Yeah.
0: Okay. I would never argue that
1: Dane could ever beat Exodus <laughs> to any <laughs> degree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, this was like Exodus before he really knew what he was or what he was capable of. Well, which that was like a real plot point in Age of Apocalypse Exodus too. Like, and his powers are so confidence based and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah but like dane
0: doesn't have any special abilities like, in <laughs> case anyone listening was curious right he's literally just a guy with a cursed black blade he
1: doesn't he doesn't actually even have the the ebony blade here he has the sword of light instead and the <laughs> the shield of night and the shield of night absorbs energy that he can shoot out of the sword of light oh <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah well, well that's interesting things all bit. of the <laughs> <laughs> all of the things where it's like oh yeah this weird corner in this character's history so you know high evolutionary breaks good again and uses isotope e to fix everyone oh because another thing that was going on through this whole thing was a bunch of the heroes for hire got exposed to high evolutionary bullshit and so they were like chaotically devolving into apes just like high evolutionary was for mm. part of this storyline and in the case of luke cage it was incredibly racist imagery but anyway <laughs> yeah okay damn yeah she could get away with 23 years ago i know so he turns man beast back into a wolf, and he also turns white tiger back into a white tiger. That was at her own request. She had developed romantic feelings for Danny, but he was not interested. And so she's like, I don't want to, you know, be part of this complex. <laughs> right. Well, also, he was dating Misty, but. Yeah, <laughs> He's like, I don't, I don't want to be a part of this human emotion world. Turn me back into a tiger. Let me be simple, you know, blah, blah, blah again. And then Pietro tells the acolytes who decided to follow him to go away. And he also leaves the, the Knights of Wondegore behind. The guy in the robe comes back, by the way. In the previous storyline, he came back to free Pietro from some chains. Or he was like, you are the son of Magneto, you know, don't accept being chained up. You will, you can make yourself free. Just concentrate on it. And then the chains break. And it's like, huh, what's going on with Pietro? But it turns out it's, 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 it's Magneto, but he introduces himself as Nestor. N-E-S-T-O-R. Who knows why? I know. Nestor. What a name.
0: Now they can never use that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no more nesters but yeah he so he still you know pretending to be man in the robe nester although it's extremely obvious from the art that it's magneto and they just never bother revealing it or pietro never bothers learning it basically he has pietro tell him his full life story. He's like who are you He's like, I'm an Avenger. No, you're not. You're not on the active roster right now. Okay, well, I am a hero. Well, oh, you walked away from X-Factor. You walked away from the Knights of Gore. Like, try again. He's like, I'm a husband. You're separated. <laughs> 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 I'm a father. You kept leaving Luna at every available opportunity with somebody else to go do something else. Like, what are you? And so he he kind of finally recognizes, like... I run away, but I never run to anywhere. You know, I'm just like always running away from my problems. he's like, I'm always searching for this father figure, you know, whether it's his adopted father, Django Maximoff or the high evolutionary, Captain America, Professor X, Magneto. He decides it's time to grow up and define myself. So the series ends with him coming back to Adelan to be a co-parent. He's like, it's too much to ask to get back together with you, Crystal, but I am going to deliver these letters to you that I've been writing the whole time that I thought you were dead from heroes, you know, from Onslaught. And those letters have been the narrative captions for the whole series. Everything that, you know, every Uh. caption has been like the issue starts out like it's being addressed to her. So that was a cool ending, actually, like. Mm-hmm. A lot of this series was absolute, just like nonsense. But it it tied it was itself something to up take well. Away from it, yeah.
0: <laughs> did you ever read Silent War?
1: No. Do you plan to? I think you no. should. Oh no. On.
0: Well, <laughs> it's how Pietro got his powers back, or one of the oh, ways he tried to wait. get his powers back.
1: I did. Wait, this was also connected with Son of M. Yeah. It was after yeah.
0: some of them, son of M.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like I do, he lost yeah. his
0: powers after M Day, right? And then son of M was a thing where he tried, tried to get it back
1: through Terra through Genesis.
0: Yeah, and so in Silent War, he has shards of teragen crystals embedded in his chest. Oh, I remember this. I think I did read it. Yeah. So one of the two, one happens before the other, obviously. But because yep. I think, I think you've read Son of M. Yes. Yeah. He told me about when he has the Teragen powers. He like travels through time instead of through space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think Silent War is him getting the crystals. Okay. And then Son of M spirals off of that. Okay. I believe. I
1: believe. Anyway, that's the thing. Anyway. (laughs) Should we bring it on home? Last last thing? Yeah. Mutant X? Mutant X. So yeah. Havoc, after the explosion at the end of X Factor, gets spit out into an alternate reality right at the moment of his counterpart's death where he is the leader of the Six. And the Six is basically... It's interesting. It is the... Like sort of successor to the original X Factor team, the the original five X Men X Factor team. Okay. So the membership is Fallen, who's known as uh, who who's more than Warren Worthington, Archangel, codename Fallen. So he's like Archangel. He still has blue skin. He's still like never recovered his personality from Apocalypse's man- machinations. He but he did leave. Apocalypse's control he's just like Seriously creepy Uh, and no one Trusts him the whole series And he has bat wings Instead of metal wings Or interesting and he breathes fire And then there is Brute who is Hank McCoy beast But he uh, instead of Mutating himself blue and furry He mutated himself green and scaly Sort of like abomination Atuma looking kind of Dude You know, he's got these like face fins and he has gills. He can breathe underwater and he has satyr legs from Inferno, like cloven hooves. And, oh, but he has the personality of Lenny from, uh, of mice and men, like, you know, just very simplistic and childlike. And, and he destroyed all of his own intelligence in his, uh, experiments basically. Mm. And then there's Iceman spelled with a hyphen. <laughs> It's, it's Bobby. He has a hyphen, a goatee, and goes by Bob instead of Bobby. <laughs> also, th- there was a minor storyline in original X-Factor where they faced off against Loki and his powers went haywire. They ended up fixing it with a belt but in this uh, that, uh, that Hank designed. In this, his powers stayed fucked. He's permanently ice and he can't touch anyone or he freezes them solid. Yeah. And then there's Bloodstorm, who is Storm, but she stayed a vampire from Dracula.
0: Oh, she comes back. Oh, she well, does.
1: A Bloodstorm Interesting. comes back. Okay.
0: She, she was in X-Men leading up to
1: Age of X stuff, or oh. Dawn of X stuff. Interesting. And then there's Marvel Woman, a.k.a. Madeline Pryor, who is married to Havoc, and they have a son named Scotty. Oh, oh yeah. so Havoc doesn't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> he likes this reality. <laughs> well, he's no, he's for for most of the start, he's like, This is wrong. I don't belong here. Nobody believes me that I'm not that that I'm a different Alex. This is all messed up. Nobody believes him except for Scotty. Scotty has psychic powers and their first confrontation, he's like, You're not my daddy. He's like, Oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> So we pretty quickly find out sort of main differences in the realities. Alex was the only survivor of the plane crash that he and his family were on when he was a little kid. So Scott Summers died. Alex was recruited to Xavier's first class instead of Scott. Alex and Jean dated, but she died maybe during the Phoenix saga. We don't know for sure. She called herself Ariel, which is the difference. And then Alex and Maddie formed X-Factor when Xavier left and Magneto took over the school, which was a thing that happened in the 80s. And then that X-Factor became the Six. They have successfully accomplished mutant human peace. Mm -hmm. Inferno happened as normal, but Maddie struck a deal with Sim and Nister to save her kid Scotty, and it gave her powers— and it's kind of mysterious beyond that. Although she she's kind of reverting into a goblin queen persona against her will. Nick Fury, in the first issue, have has them go up against Nick Fury, who is an anti-metahuman terrorist in charge of Shield, which stands for Savior, Saviors of Humanity by intervention in the evolution of life form deviants.
0: Whoa. <laughs>
1: Someone had a great time coming up with that I one. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to unleash a custom legacy virus that kills all metahumans, but the six beats him, blah, 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 blah. Oh, also, Electra is Scotty's nanny. Huh. Yeah. Like nachos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The second issue, they team up with the Fantastic Four, and there's they hint at some deep... Deep beef between the FF and the Six that they don't really get into, specifically between Alex and Reed. And so they team up with the Fantastic Four, but their powers are tech based. There's no cosmic ray anything. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so after the team up, Alex goes to Reed for help with interdimensional return. Reed fi- runs some tests, but only finds brain damage no trace no evidence that he's from an alternate dimension he tells maddie about this whole thing so now his cover is kind of blown she's like why are you talking all this nonsense like just come back home like be a dad like you know like i know something's wrong i know you know you're feeling weird but like you got to get through this you got to come back to us Issue three, he's like, look, I'll get you proof. And he's like, I'm going to fly us over to Alaska. And in so doing, they cross into Canadian airspace, which is heavily militarized. And they're shot down. And they, because, you know, whatever. And they are attacked by the pack, which is a completely feral Wolverine, saber tooth and wild child. Oh, yeah. And then they, you know, kind of like, find, you know, manage to find some peace. And then Alpha Flight comes and, like, get the hell out of the country. There's also some backstory with Forge. Like, uh, Bloodstorm leaves and meets up with Forge, who is, like, managing her transformation and being like, you have to eat. Like, I don't want—they're lovers, I guess. He's like, you know, you have to have another feeding. Uh, I I think she feeds on him. And, like, it's been too long, basically. You don't know what's going to happen to you if you don't feed more often than this. Also, Kitty is, like, kind of a thrall of uh, Bloodstorm, I think. But I don't think she's turned. I don't think she's actually a vampire. And Maddie is kind of, like, quickly losing herself to the Goblin Queen. She and Fallen kind of, like, are in cahoots. Fallen is Angel, remember? And in a sort of team up with Man Spider, a.k.a. Spider-Man, but he still has six arms and Norman Osborn, who she calls a fake goblin very angrily, but he uses magic now. So, yeah, Maddie and Fallen kill Peter and Norman. Brute witnesses it. They make him swear to secrecy and then frame him for the murder. Quinn Stacy is a TV reporter. Matt Murdoch is Brute's defense lawyer. Then Spidey appears as a key witness, and he's like, it, it was a clone. <laughs> I didn't actually die. <laughs> okay. But I don't think that's actually going to end up being true, but who knows. The hand attacks the, the trial, and also Bullseye uh, just kind of appears and starts attacking people. Maddie fries Brute's brain and makes him confess, uh, but... And then he becomes intelligent all of a sudden, or seems to, and he confesses and asks for the death sentence, and that's the cliffhanger.: Wow. Yeah. This is a busy universe. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those this went on for forty nine issues. This was the first six. Oh wow. Yeah, so we're going to spend some time here, but I think they're really doing the the whole like alt universe. Let's have fun, like you know go through go through our entire checklist of 616 Easter eggs and see how much we can tell <laughs> differently.
0: So I
1: was trying to figure out why Mutant X sounded familiar. Mm, there have been a lot of things called Mutant X, I think. There have. <laughs> well,
0: so there was a TV show oh, in 2001 called Mutant X. It went for three seasons. Wow, yeah. It was a Marvel Comics licensed TV show. Okay. And it's the Wikipedia entry. The first sentence is, television series created under Marvel Comics license, but with no connection to the Mutant X comic book series. <laughs> <laughs> it debuted in first run syndication October 6, 2001. Show was created by Avi Arid. And it centers on Mutant X, a team of, quote, new mutants who possess extraordinary powers as a result of genetic engineering. The members of Mutant X were used as test subjects in a series of covert government experiments. The mission of Mutant X is to seek out and protect their fellow new mutants, the series filmed in Toronto. Anyway, so that happened. But what I was thinking of was Major X. Oh, yeah that really obnoxiously bad return of Liefeld 2616 (laughs) (laughs) Mm storyline where we have this guy named Major X come in from this alternate reality where he was on Squad X and every other member of the squad had a different name like General X and Captain X. (laughs) (laughs) And Major X in that universe is the son of Cable and Storm.
1: Oh. They t- did have some, like, a, a brief potential, like, flirtation r- around the time of Onslaught. It didn't go anywhere. Nor should it. Nor should <laughs> It's a weird pairing.
0: It's such a weird pairing. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think I've ever sent so many messages and pictures mm-hmm. mid-read as I have trying to get through Major X. Because uh, I was I was exclaiming about it uh, to you for people mm-hmm. who don't know what I'm talking about. Robert Liefeld got brought back to 616 to do a one-shot. And the one-shot is this book, Major X. And the, the alternate reality... Son of Cable and Storm is out there somewhere in 616
1: now. Great. Just what we needed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's a thing. (laughs) Like, There's a Marvel.com article. Rob Liefeld returns to the 1990s X-Men to introduce Major X.
1: That's really, yeah, it's an important qualifier there. Returns to the 90s. Yeah. He certainly never left the 90s, but.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like because the comic came out in 2019 and it was a current timeline story. Like, it's just. Yeah. They wanted another character with. uh, He had no patches. He has no pouches.
1: (laughs) It's a goddamn goddamn mystery.
0: (laughs) Anyway, that's what I was thinking of. Uh, when you said Mutant X, I was thinking there's, of Major X. Okay,
1: there's also Agent X and Soldier X, which were early 2000s versions of uh, Deadpool and Cable, respectively.
0: There's also those.
1: <laughs> A lot of never, X. never doubt all of the things that Marvel can put around an X, the, the letter X. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sandwich X.
0: I'm looking at Agent X right now. Alex Hayden. His team affiliation
1: is X agency. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Anything else? Are we calling this a show? No, I think that's it, man. I got before you before you place the uh, outro music, how do you think we're gonna get trolled this week? Gosh, I don't think dude. we've given him any good material. I don't know. I don't know because i'm I'm really curious to hear his outro for the last one me um, I actually haven't listened to it yet, yeah, yeah, so i'm
0: i'm um'm I want to check that out, but
1: nope. um, I don't know,
0: I don't know maybe he'll maybe he'll leave us alone. <laughs>
1: I think that's too much to ask,
0: <laughs> okay, for next week
1: maybe maybe the, <laughs> the 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 troll is just that we have to spend, you know regular time on the show talking about how we're going to get trolled it's just like he's in our heads
0: he is that's what i'm saying maybe <laughs> maybe he leaves us alone
1: <laughs> can't tempt fate
0: so in real time this week mm-hmm. or sorry last week reign of x volume 10 came in yeah and it has the first issues of x corp and way of x so I'm oh, excited. Oh,
1: that is very exciting
0: excited for us to get there
1: but i want to do rain next week Uh, you'll get no argument from me (laughs) because we already read rain five yeah but we didn't get to the goal we didn't have time to talk about it yeah you want to do yeah five through eight
0: double checking where eight lands compared to the hellfire dealer oh right let's see eight has hellions nine and ten Hellfire Gala doesn't have any oh hel- it has Hellions 12. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we're still a bit away from Hellfire Gala.
1: Yeah. Anyway. All right. Rain of X. Rain of X five through eight next week. Five through eight. I'm stoked. Me too. I'm extremely. I don't stoked. know anything
0: about them, but I because I buy the collected editions, yeah. I get the cover picture and that's it. Mm-hmm. Rain of X volume six which since
1: we've read five, this will be the first thing we read. The cover. Oh my. That's Darwin uh, and uh, X-23 in sync coming back from the vault. Was it the vault? Yeah. The vault. Vault or the
0: world or one of the It's the, the, the vault. Vows. It's
1: the vault. Yeah. The, yeah.
0: So I'm excited.
1: Me too. That was I'm excited. A, an interesting storyline to set up. I love
0: that the back doesn't have a picture.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. So like,
0: every because so if anyone who ever looks at a TP, the top, the front cover is the cover of one of the issues, Mm -hmm. and then the back is another cover of another another one of the issues in the book. Mm -hmm. So rain and dawn, they never have pictures on the back. You
1: only ever get a piece of the cover. Just uh, yeah, all all the the extremely. Purposeful branded extremely Hickman-y design treatment. Just like yeah. entire world of graphic design that has taken over <laughs> the Xbox.
0: Yeah. Rain seven has New Mutants. Okay. And then Rain Eight has Nimrod. Oh
1: shit. Okay. I
0: know. I know. Ah, I'm so <laughs> <sad>. <laughs> So um yeah, let's 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 do some Reign of X. My man. Next soaked. next episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anything else? No. <laughs> you don't sound very convinced.
0: Well, I'm just, I'm really, I really want to read the Hellfire Gala. It's a big ass book. Mm-hmm. And one, that's where they announce who the X Men are. Mm-hmm. But also, it feels like it's going to be a big deal.
1: I agree. I and agree. I, I just, oh,
0: I am honestly, since it had not ramifications, but mentions and setup in Guardians, I wonder if other books are going to have it. Like maybe an Avengers title might have it show up. I don't know. But I'm just, (laughs) I'm excited. Like, this is going to be, like, a non-crossover crossover crossover event. Sure, yeah. But just in X. Like, (laughs) Spider-Man does his Spider-Man events. X-Men do their X-Men events. Right. And then 616 does crossover events. Like... X Men and Spider Man are such a big enough deal. Yeah. That they can have their own solo title it's events. It's true. With that. Yes. Let's put the outro music here.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I don't like it. But I don't want to know. I want to know what happens. Uh, I want to know what happens with 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 darwin and and sing and x 23 oh my gosh next episode is gonna be awesome i'm so excited Whew. okay okay breathe
1: you good